Welcome to the Higher Energy Superpower. This is episode 27 of the Turbo Duo Cast. I am your host, Salvatore Mata, and to my left is my brother from another game show lover. He's the oral assassin. He puts the ass in classic gaming. It's Trenton E. Wright the third Esquire Esquire and I can't clap right now because I'm holding a microphone like Walter Cronkite you could, you could do the one-handed clap like ur, 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 ur. <laughs> to my right returning again is turbo duo and a half Salvatore Thomas Mata superstar soccer Mata how are we doing today Sal no I'm the Spider-Man spider game international superstar soccer <laughs> star that's right okay. And I am excited. Yeah? What are you excited about? I'm excited that we finally get... Uh, whatever, I don't know. So I'm just saying, <laughs> so I just want to... Uh, You're just excited about being excited, right? Yes, uh, yes. At this point? Yes. Excellent. And um, you all can see on your screen, we've got a guest of the show today. This is Mr. Ryan Brown. Ryan is a good friend of the show, good friend of us, good friend of mine. And he's also the manager of uh, the Retro uh, Game Retro Games Plus store in Newington. Retro Games Plus. Uh, retro Get all your games and more at Retro Games Plus. Is that the commercial? No, I just did it right there. Oh, you guys, <laughs> you can take that if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can use that if you want. He's not copywriting anything. I mean, I'll make I'll make a video. Hmm. You can. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know, just no pressure. Talk to Chris. You know, if you want somebody to, to put together a uh, a Salas Dean Pawn style commercial. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trenton's your guy. He'll get the gold chain and everything. Yeah, we buy gold. We buy gold. We buy gold. <laughs> He's been waiting to do that for about fifteen years. Uh, Ryan is a uh, a fellow retro gaming fanatic enthusiast, um, as they say. If, mm. if that's okay for me to describe you as no, Ryan. <laughs> Um, is that what you identify as? <laughs> I identify as an Apache helicopter. <laughs> uh, Ryan has a knowledge and experience uh, ranging from, I would say, the golden age of video games, as we were talking about earlier with the Vectrex, um, which I would consider, you know, the the golden age, all the way to modern Turkey. gaming. Right? You do some modern gaming yeah. as well. Yeah, but we don't like to do that here. Not on this show. Um, but yeah, all around great guy, Ryan Brown. We're excited to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. It's a far more glorious intro than I deserve, but I appreciate it. Oh, I don't think so, Ryan. You don't give yourself enough credit. Retro Games Plus. Get all your retro games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So thanks for that segue, Trent. Throwing me off. As I look at my, my list here of all the things I want to get, get Oh, no. Done. What am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? Um, so not to put too much pressure on you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, the only pressure is on Trenton because we're still trying to figure out when he's going to lose his virginity. Whoa. Um, but if you would mind indulging us a little bit. What, is that, is that, is that okay? Yeah, no. But oh. I was curious by the by the segue, but continue. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Listen, we we just we hook here. I mean, we just keep going. <laughs> we don't dwell on things. We just move. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, indulge the audience a little bit. Tell us a little bit about um, some of your video game background. Um, you know, when in history you kind of realized what was your first video game that you could remember? Ooh. When did you realize that video games were a thing that you wanted to make a part of your life? I mean, you're you're managing a video game store. Um, so it's got to have some some, you know, special history for you deep in your loins. Um, yeah, um go ahead. yeah, no. I mean, I I grew up 
uh, to a degree with uh, games and stuff. I mean, I my first gaming memory was uh, Muddy Morphin Power Rangers for Genesis. Ooh, like the the the, the fighting game, the, fi- uh, the, the, the fighting the, one, the the. the no, yeah, the, the beat 'em up is the movie one. Yeah, no, the the ri- original one because I remember because it had the fighting game stages and then you would do the Megazord fight at the end. Mm. So that yeah, I remember playing that. Um, must have been ninety five or ninety six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had rented it from a local like mom and pop like sh- like rental shop, mm-hmm. and then uh, my house burnt down like four days later. Oh. Really? So did yeah. you get to return it, or did they? Oh no, they had to pay that? for it. They had to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> My house burned down. Yeah, but you still owe us ninety-seven dollars for Power Rangers. So thankfully, uh, this was my parents built the house at the burst of the bubble, and the house had valued like by a factor of four. So, so they all were able. Insurance to, came in. They were able to cover that pretty comfortably. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, if it was Blockbuster, you would have been screwed. They'd still be calling you today. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys go out of business? Well, we're still tracking people Yeah, down. but you're 476,000 days late for your return. Yeah, it's like Sally Mae chasing you down. Oh, God. <laughs> they call you from eight different numbers. <laughs> Hi, this is Blockbuster Video calling. <laughs> you know, at, at, at some point, I got the uh, online subscription for Blockbuster. Oh, you're one of those? I was, yeah, I had the online <laughs> subscription. I was getting movies sent to me. Yeah, when they tried to be Netflix. I remember I I, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't return Iron Man on Blu-ray, but <laughs> I thought I did. And I was like, I returned that. And then I found it under a pile of junk, and I was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they like let it go. But then I had this, I was like, do I return it back? I still have this copy of <laughs> oh, Iron Man. So you were on the, the physical subscription. Like where they would send, oh, wow. Yes. It's early, wow. Well, That's late a, late blockbuster, early uh, Netflix. Yeah, right. Back when you had to use a disc in your Wii or in your PlayStation Three to actually get the, any, the service, yeah, the service to actually work, you had to have it in the system. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you? What service? Netflix. So Netflix used to have to put a disc inside of your system to be able to access Netflix virtually. Just any disc, like just no, a, no. There was a specific Netflix oh, disc. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the GameCube, uh, like the Game Boy Player boot disc, where it's like a boot, yeah, code for the. Program. I, don't, I don't think that disc is worth like two hundred dollars. So, <laughs> the, the Blockbuster one? Access disc for your PS. I know I saw them for like forty or fifty for the disc online. For the Netflix one? For the Netflix disc. I don't know how long ago this was. This was a while ago. Why would you need? Why but, would you need? Well, because they pulled the service down for the Wii Shop. So it's the only way you can still kind of like pseudo get onto Netflix by going around the router, I guess. So you watch really? it 480p. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen people do it online, and I'm like, I feel like this is more effort than just getting a smart TV at this point. Like, why? Yeah, it's almost cheaper. <clears throat> you know, you just got to have everything that came out for the system. I That's, guess you got to yeah. have it. I didn't even know that existed. You learn something new every day, right? Right, mm-hmm. Sal. Yes. Nice. So, <laughs> so you, so you got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You played that, and that was. Your first memory, or was that when you realized that, that that was literally my first memory in gaming ever? When was the time? When did you play a game where you or you saw something or played something where you said, "This is something that like so"? For instance, for me, <clears throat> I'll never forget the first time that I actually saw Super Mario Brothers. Mm. You know, and that was we had just gotten the system and watching Mario move and just seeing just like the phosphors of the TV and just how everything was moving through this controller input. It was like this defining moment for me. 
that I knew that video games were going to be a part of my life forever. Was there is there something in your history, a video game moment, where you said, this is amazing and I love this? It's when he played Tomb Raider for the first time and made Laura Croft jump up and down. <laughs> uh, it is a PlayStation moment, but not uh, not Tomb Raider. Um, so no, was, 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 the, was the PlayStation the next system you got? Yeah, so that was the first system we actually owned because short maybe like shortly after a house was rebuilt, uh, we got... What I well, this is what I call the the garbage bag chronicles. It was a set of years where we just got systems in garbage bags. Nice, like from donations, or you don't even from know? people my father knew at work. Oh, that he just bought them off of. They had an Amiga CD32. So or, we got, or maybe you know they heard your your house burnt down and they were just like, well, we, we're not really using this right now. And could they be that donated too. it to you or something. Yeah, um, but I remember my dad came home with it. He had the PlayStation One in a garbage bag with two games. One was Cyber Speed. Which is this very cyber sled or cyber cyber speed cyber speed? It is a very weird Japanese like 3D on rails racer where you have to use centripetal force to speed up and pass. It's not great. Like for kids. it going a loop? You mean? Yeah, it's not great for kids. It's it, very is it three dimensional. Yeah, it's probably not a good game either. No, it's not great. The soundtrack's pretty lit though, but no, the game is not great. Okay. And then, uh, the second one was Jupiter Strike, which was like a 3D space shooter, which yep. is actually really that was a pretty fun game. Wait, so like a, it's like a sequel to Thunder Strike. I don't know. So those are the games you got. Look, those are like the most two random games that someone could yeah. give you. And then <laughs> what what mattered the most to us was we got the third volume of the interactive demo CD. Oh yeah, and that had Crash Bandicoot one, mm-hmm. Twisted Metal one or two. I think it was two. Um, Tekken two. Uh, I think one of the NFL games, game, NFL day. game day, game day ninety, might have been game day, yeah. And then uh, I believe it was either Sledstorm or one of the snowmobile games that came out. That's on the a pretty tight lineup, right there. Yeah, and I, after playing that first level of Crash, I was just like, "This is <laughs> amazing! I want all of these colorful fruits." I know, right? And I played. We played Pause. it. Say that, that. Say that again. We played that level so heavily. We're gonna, we're gonna use that in every episode. <laughs> I want all the colorful fruits. <laughs> it's going to be a sound clip. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's... Crash is one of those defining moments. I remember mm. when I was in I was in Funko Land with my brother, and he said, Oh, I heard about this game. Mm. You should check it out. And they actually had it on a kiosk at that same time at Funko Land, and we tried it out, and I was like, Well, I don't have a 64, and I can't play Mario, but this... Is almost like that. <laughs> the next mm. best thing. And I bought it right there that day. I think I got it for like, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, it was like 35 bucks like used. You mm-hmm. know? But Yeah, that was the um, one. Oh, sorry. Uh, don't, don't worry. This is going to push the podcast forward. Go ahead. They do have, they have the Insane Trilogy. Uh, yeah. Just remember that's not on. This one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Remember. Gotcha. Oh, that's might be that might be why we're having a better uh, connection here. <laughs> it's not even. Yeah, it's not even Wait, plugged in. Do you, do you want? Oh, it's not. Okay, all right. So no, we'll be fine. Say that again. Say it into mine. Why? But you can say it into that one too. Mm-hmm. Say it into this one. Levi and one of my friends have Finn? Finn. Finn. Levi, Finn, and Enoch. They have they have Crash Bandicoot for the for the PS4. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, when I went to their house. It looks pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, I was upstairs 
with them, and I saw a couple of all of their PS4 games. I'm, I'll have to tell Mr. Matt. I is it try a, that out. Is yeah. that a remake or a whole new game? It's it's like remember when I was talking about with Medieval. It is basically a. Oh, it's, it's, with, it's, it's with an all male cast. No, it it's no, not with an all male. Well, Zerok, Sir Daniel Fortescue. The I mean, kind of an all male cast. No, there's females in the in the town. Um, <clears throat> but it's basically like a like a reskinned, just uh, re- right. remaster. I've already lost interest. <laughs> it's the same old game, but with the new graphics. Yeah, no, so they you. haven't re- they haven't redone it. It's the same engine. If that makes sense. Well, the best part about the Insane trilogy is if you play it without the day one patch, it's the first three games, but they just use the physics engine from the third game on all three? On all three. On copy and paste. So it's super cool to land on the platform then phase through it. Oh. Add some fun difficulty to the game. I played it at Did launch. You, 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 you got that? I had some mild blood boiling when I played it for the first time. It was great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this game that was like the defining game for For me, you. and all of a sudden, and like, this is not how this is supposed to be. Why is this happening? Such a special game, and it wasn't afraid to be difficult, too. Like, if you mm-hmm. really wanted to get all, everything it was difficult you know it wasn't just a you know you collectathon know, it was co- yeah, yeah or, or, well even you know, some of the collectathons are, are, are difficult but just it wasn't one of these you know you die but then you start right where you were at and you just keep going and it doesn't really matter Th- this was still hardcore you know you still had to get through it you still had there were still obstacles that were gonna you know be very very challenging that you know it was a it was a character action game, but you still had to be good at gaming to be able to get through that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is before they started holding your hand in a lot of the games. I blame the Lego games for a lot of that. Mm. The Lego games were the ones where they were just like, you know what, just let the kids play, let them die, and and keep rolling on, and and there's no consequences to to that. And we can't have that with our children. We need to have consequences to all actions, right, Trent? Mm. Maybe not all. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going a little crazy. Wasn't like I mean, isn't like Grand Theft Auto like that too? You die and you just come right back, and then which one? Like in under Grand Theft Auto games like that, where you can just like die, but then you just like no, I don't think so. I think you you restart wherever you you. uh, Well, no, you can just go do what you did again. Oh, you're saying just literally just fine because you you know to have another chance to pass through it, but to to just say well you can just continue right where you were. Oh, okay, I got you. You know any progress you made from when you saved to now. That's still there. It's like, well, there's got to be some challenge. There's got to be some consequence to to failing. Mm. You know what I mean? They gone soft. <clears throat> so that's just me. But I'm also an old school guy. I grew up in the Shinobi days. So that's just my, you know, my perspective. But <clears throat> and then just to tie just to tie it up, um, mm. favorite genre of gaming, um, and maybe some of your favorite games. Um. Mm. So like like beat 'em ups are like our our mm-hmm. kind of our go to on this channel, you know we we love any kind of good hardcore beat 'em up you know something that's got good sound and lots of know, guys on screen lots yeah. of guys on the screen I think mine is probably <laughs> yeah. the more guys the better because then it makes the challenge that much you know that, harder that much harder and you know more engaging yeah. when you got when you got that many right. men when it's that hard it's very engaging you know yeah. you know it's better it's more engaging when it's hard. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's <a> true statement. <laughs> so, so favorite genre. <laughs> That's um, like one of the quotes they put on the back of Streets of Rage. It's, it's Game Pro Magazine. It's more engaging when it's hard. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
This soundtrack is rock hard. <laughs> the soundtrack to Streets of Rage is one of the best of all time. Yeah. Both one and two. Yeah. So, anyway, so favorite genre? <laughs> Video game genres for three hundred. Alex, if you can recover from that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, so my favorite genre probably that I play the most of is RPGs. I figured you were gonna say that. Yeah. So are we talking about JRPGs, Jap- Japanese RPGs? Are we talking about Western? <laughs> A good mix of both. Yeah. Honestly, um, I just like the maintenance aspect of it, which is odd. A lot of people think that's tedious, but it's relaxing to a degree to me, so I do like doing that. Go at your own pace. I mean, I, I would spend... Like Liz, I remember when Liz was was in um, school in college still, and I was playing Oblivion, mm-hmm. and I would spend hours just figuring out what things I wanted to upgrade and just in what I wanted to tinker with because you could actually repair certain items. Mm-hmm. And when they got rid of that, and Sky, for something changed when I when I started to play Skyrim, and we're not a modern gaming podcast, but just to illustrate the point, <laughs> I just lost interest. Mm-hmm. I lost interest when it was nothing that you have degrades anymore, and it's just. Once you have it, it's you it's have there it. forever. Yeah, and it's, it's invincible. Yeah, it it made me lose my connection to the character and to the game, and it just I lost interest. Which is, it's weird to say, but if you've been through that, you kind of know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I mean I I've put it, using those as examples. I've probably put over 1,200 hours into each of those, and that's probably on the low side. Holy cow! <laughs> um, no big deal. Yeah. So you're a fan. Yeah, I well, it's across it's five it, consoles. Yeah, I I've played it on three. Um, we should get it on the we should get it on the VR and have you test it out. It's be interesting. I know um, it's on the VR, but like, but like for instance, like I like especially in like Skyrim, you can like when you get houses, you can like store things in them. So I'll be that weirdo that'll be like, I'm gonna find every single book in this game. Right, sure. And and it has no achievement value. It's just there for my OCD to be it, like, you want it to be I on have the shelf. I have keys sorted by alphabetical name. Like it's just, <laughs> there's no need for this. It's like it's like the hardcore version of Animal Crossing. I'm even worse than that. <clears throat> oh God, it doesn't help that I literally go to school for urban planning and development. So I'm sitting there going, okay, well this has to be this many meters away from this. So let's exactly. perfect. It's gotta be space. the code. It's gotta be the like, code. Like har- play Harvest Moon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My farms always look real, real OCD. So. <laughs> real solid. <laughs> so if we if we talk about you know on this podcast we talk really from NES all the way through the Dreamcast. What are some of your favorite games in those eras that you you kind of see yourself going back to? What's the what's the comfort food? What's the ones that you so for you frequent for that era? Um, for me, without question, I go back to Streets of Rage one. All the time, nice. pretty pretty much every week. I love that game. Damn, every week. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> relaxing. Like even if I play for five minutes, it's just something to do. Just so relaxing. The soundtrack's so good. So so let's let's have a conversation about that. I'm so glad oh, that you brought here that we up because I am I am <laughs> thoroughly excited by what, by what you just said because Streets of Rage Two is the one that everybody talks about, and I always feel like I have to defend Streets of Rage One. And the soundtrack of Streets of Rage 1, to me, and I mentioned this, I think, on the last podcast, I enjoy it four days out of seven compared to the Streets of Rage 2. Like, I, I, I like that soundtrack just a little bit more, mm. but, it's a little bit. you know, there wasn't as much memory in that game, so the character sprites are a little bit smaller, and people, you know, look at Streets of Rage 2 as that pinnacle of, of beat-em-up gaming. Mm. Um, See, I, I almost like 
that they're smaller in that game though because you you take in more of the environment when the sprites aren't so massive because you still get they're big enough to where you can see them and you can do the grabs and every move you need to do but you still get all the neon and all that like really nostalgic pull from the environment Mm -hmm. and it just kind of adds more of a just a feel to the game whereas like two the sprites are bigger and there's not as much color variation on the stages at Mm -hmm. least for me so it's just on which which version Streets 2. Streets 2. Yeah, and 3 tried to bring that back, but it's just it still didn't kind of hit that same note that the first game hits, at least not for me. So so Streets of Rage 1 is your favorite out of the three? Oh, yeah, and there's, yeah, 110%. I, I love to hear that. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> I love I, to hear that, man. No, I mean, I really do. I mean, it's it's a it's a very special game that it gets overshadowed by the second one because I think... And I think the second one is a little bit more accessible... To the layman, I mm. think I think it's the easiest one out of the three, and it's it's the it's the most you know accessible for people to get into, and I think it because of that, it's the one that's lauded. And of course, listen, I don't want to live in a world where Streets of Rage two doesn't exist, but if you know, the I played Streets of Rage one first, and we got it brand new in what, June or July of of 1991, and so. That game was a part of the genesis of my genesis story, so mm-hmm. to speak. So I'm I'm with you on that. So it's you know you say you're into RPGs, but then you you mention a, a beat up. I don't know if you said that just because that's kind of our genre. Of no, I, I actually do play that game every week. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sincerely love. But that you game. more recently got back into the genesis stuff, right? Yeah, um, for me at least, I didn't start playing older stuff until what, six, seven, no, eight years ago now. I always forget, at this point, you just basically think back the number and add a year because of everything. Um, But yeah, no, I started collecting and getting into it when I was working at a surplus store, and that's what got me my job, was I would always be shopping at the store I work at, Mm -hmm. and finally the guy was just like, you know, if we ever have an opening, I'll let you know. We're looking for... Was that Quinn? Uh, Zach. Okay. Who actually was texting five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, really? And uh, he, I ran into him at a GameStop one day, and he's just like, you need to go fill out an application now! And I'm like, <laughs> I'll put this game down then, okay, and I'll go do that. And I got the job. And that's it's only exacerbated my love of the games at this point, because it's just mm. introduced me to more and more, because I didn't grow up with like NES, Super Nintendo... Um, yeah, we should preface that you're a few years younger than we are. So, yeah. you know, that that other, that 8-bit era is something that you didn't really grow up with. No. And yeah. Even the 16-bit era is something that you kind of touched on before you, you really hit it hard. Yeah, most of that stuff I saw through Game Boy because they did a lot of ports for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and, like, the 8-bit stuff. So a lot that's of good ports, yeah. too. So that's how Donkey I got the most of those, yeah. Nice. So, you know... The, I always talk about how the Saturn is sort of my baby um, when it comes to video gaming, even though I love all the systems. <laughs> I love them all equally. You know, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, would you say that the PSX is, is sort of that system where you you kind of dwell the most? The PlayStation 1? Yes. Yes. What? No one calls it the PSX. No, the only reason that that's a slight <laughs> misnomer. So the oh, PS. Okay, help, help me. I mean, oh, yeah. So so the PSX. Let me better no, understand it's, you. It's partially correct. So the PSX was the original code name for the PlayStation right. when it was in development after the conversion from the CD add on. But Sony ended up rebranding and using the name again when they created a system in tangent with the PS2 in Japan. So the PSX is actually its own system in Japan. It's. I forget. I think it's so a like the DVD. Netgear Rosie? Kind of, yeah, but it's like a mm. DVD slash... I think it uses Laserdiscs, maybe. I can't remember. It uses another CD-style format <clears throat> on top of 
the PS2 regular DVD format. So okay, it is its own kind of thing. So, but yes, did not know that. Yeah, it's kind of a cool. It's, I will go back to using <laughs> PS One. They're also let me tell you why you're wrong. Expensive. <laughs> I appreciate that. I want to know that. So. No, it's it's cool though. So then I'm, I'm right in saying that you, you your PS One is a place where you have a, you know more extensive knowledge than let's yeah. say other systems, and it's kind of where you live a little bit more. If that makes sense. Yeah, I like the early clunky. Where you get your game slightly in. painful 3D games. Fade to black. Yeah, I mean that's that's believe it or not, that's one of the better games I've played. Combo. I actually owned Fade to Black when I was growing up. Uh I've played games like Didn't Street. Didn't know it was connected to Flashback. Street Racquetball? Never heard of it. It's Street it's, Racquetball? So yeah. <laughs> Is oh, it literally racquetball in the street? But there's like anime characters and you like power up and slam balls at each other. It's great. I love it. Another balls, yeah. Another one we can put in the hopper there, Trent. Yeah. At this point, I'm just feeding the fire, and I know it. <laughs> um, and that was a U.S. release. Uh, yeah, no, they had. Yeah, there was uh, a bunch of them. There's um, air hockey, a bunch of random games. So, Funny. what? If PS One is is sort of like you know where you live or where you dwell, what are some of the best or, or your, what are some of your favorite? PS1 games that you either like to go back to or you just remember as your favorites. So just to make it a short list, so we can you know, um, yeah. But let's, let's not list off. Yeah, so PS1 just, games. Just just to do three games, like the three I know ones. It's, that, t- it's tough to do that. Like if you ask me, like what are your favorite Saturn games? I'd be like, depends on the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I, I there's three that kind of really stick out to me. Ooh, always, and it's usually Final Fantasy Nine. Oh, that was like, I was gonna say Final Fantasy first. Yeah, RPGs, which is. I know everybody goes to seven, but nine always was slightly more magical to me. I, the I like the look of nine because it. it looks like the old games. Yeah, and it came out roughly when the PS2 came out, so it's it's just it's a late release. It utilizes everything that little console has, so it's just it's really good. I love I love the late releases. I remember the last game I got for PS1 was the Italian Job, mm. and Ooh, I just I that's just a thought, solid one. I, I just thought that was an awesome. Like they did a great job. I don't I don't know if it was Agitech or who made that, but. They did a remember, they did a fantastic job that open world like the three open world where you're kind of you're driving but there's so much in the scenery that you could you had this appreciation it's like when it's like when uh, the last of us came out mm-hmm. you know and of course it's a modern game but they squeezed as much as they could that's what I love about you know systems that were the system you, you didn't add on to it that's what I love about console gaming is that you can a, a lot of times just see this progression th- over time from the beginning to the end where the the first releases for a system take the Genesis for for example you look at games like Last Battle and then you com- you compare that <laughs> do you yeah you you, you compare do that to, to to Alien Storm or to Gunstar Heroes or you know one of the really late releases Vector Man mm-hmm. and you just see the progression of how they ma- they were able to make this thing that much better I, I think the progression on the Genesis is even better than what you saw on the Super Nintendo in terms of what they were able to get that system to do but you see that when you're when you're and you spend time when these developers spend time in an ecosystem and they're able to actually get more juice out of the out of the you know out of the system I think it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing so I remember the Italian job is is kind of one of my favorite late model ones but continue. Any, any Castlevania? Uh, surprisingly, no. A lot of people are like, "You never played that." I'm like, "Well, it was it was one of the more expensive titles." And well, we, Castlevania Chronicles or Castlevania Symphony. Of the either Night? they were more expensive when I was younger. So we and plus my parents were kind of strict about that stuff when we were younger. So mm-hmm. I didn't really be able to play that. Um, but we did play the second game, and it's kind of an oddball one, but it's, it's actually similar to at Castlevania's Hercules the Action Game. 
Okay. And <laughs> like the Disney game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let but me explain myself. <laughs> it's it, it, Sir? It, it does what Castlevania does where it's a really well drawn, well sprite done 2D side scrolling platforming who, who game. Who made that? I forget who did it. Wait, I, is that like the modern Hercules, like the cartoon character? Yeah, guy? The, the Disney movie one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it has levels where it's a side-scrolling platformer with hack and slash abilities, such similar to Castlevania, mm-hmm. but obviously you know slightly not as aggressive because mm-hmm. it's Disney. <laughs> and then there's also a multi-plane element to some of the levels where you have to shift between planes to go progress and get different items. And then there's certain levels uh, where you actually run either towards or into the screen. Like oh, okay. like Crash Bandicoot, yeah. Or like where you come in like into kind the of. screen, but, but it's we almost almost like a Spider-Man. mode seven where you it's just like a flat plane and you're kind of traveling on it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, oh. but that uh, that was like one of the big games we got when I was a kid, and it's just so that, still that, holds that's up. That's something that it you know is part of your history, and mm-hmm. that's why you love it. Still holds up too for me. Every yeah. I can play it anytime. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the third one is. Crash Team Racing. Nice. Still nice. prefer to Mario Kart. Oh, sir. Wow. Please. Yeah. I know <laughs> That's a lot a bold of statement. I know. It's um, a very bold statement. Sir. I think a lot of people say, oh, well, Mario Kart. I'm more Kart's- of a Smurfs Racing Adventure uh, kind of guy. <laughs> Hello Kitty on the Wii U. <laughs> Garfield Kart. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I thought what, what CTR did was it did everything that Mario Kart 64 did, but added a slight accessibility to it like Mario Kart 64 is great but there's some ridiculously brutal parts to it oh Mario Kart 64 definitely. yeah well that's and, and that's what we have to compare it to because at the time that CTR came out Mario Kart 64 was the big kart racing game at the time so mm-hmm. I, I just to preface that yeah but and then a lot of the stuff that you see that they use in CTR they ended up importing into the Mario Kart series later on um when like uh so for instance the coins that you get in Mario where it'll make your power up stronger originally from CTR, because what would happen is if you hit enough boxes and got enough Wumpa Fruit, you would actually turn your power-ups into, like, nitro power-ups, so they'd be stronger. Okay. So, things like that, they but really... Strong. I thought the coins in Mario Kart make you go faster. No? In, the, in the Mario Kart 8? 8? 8 it does. 8, oh. Eight's faster. Yeah. Which, I think... In the original Mario Kart, I don't know if it really did anything. Yeah, I don't think it did. It was just a, your, it was a score multiplier. Yeah. You. When, back when they still had scores on the top of uh, the bar, you know, yeah. which, which it was a relic of a bygone age. Mm. So no, I remember I, I I owned it secondhand, you know, CTR, and it was a fun game. Um, never had really that many people to play with, so it was uh, you know it wasn't one that got too much play. But it was it was a competent racer from what I understood. Mm-hmm. But we were so engulfed at that time by Mario Kart that Mario Kart, you know, especially because you got to get a, you got to buy multi tap too that, for the PlayStation. It's like uh, if you're gonna play four player, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what got us our multi tap. Is that it really? Game. Yeah. Oh, right. My parents were like, "Well, all three of you are gonna play because I have two younger brothers who are <laughs> yeah. identical twins. I don't want to hear it." <laughs> and they're just like, "Well, they're gonna keep screaming," and I'm like, "They're like, we'll just get in the multi tap." <laughs> yeah, for me it was Noise. it was uh, Smurf Racer, but. Um, you're still sticking yeah. with the Smurf racer, like that's like someone's gonna laugh no, eventually. I, no, I said I said, I said the multi tap. The reason why we got the multi tap was because of Smurf racer. I thought it was funny. Maybe not. Let's move on. <laughs> how does this out? How do you say it? Fine, whatever. Let's move on. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know I tried. <laughs> so something happened last night that Pause. I wanted to, I wanted to discuss on the podcast, and I was screaming. I was saying words that I don't normally say, and I got upset. 
and I, I was I was asking myself why am I so upset right now because you you know there's no real reason to be that way so I was playing I was playing a game for the Turbo Graphics you know part of the inspiration for our show called Legendary Axe <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if you've played the Legendary mm -hmm. Axe um, okay. so what. You're listening. You're being a good audience member. Appreciate that. So, <laughs> studio I, audience. I wanted to ask you guys this question because I know this is something that you struggle with, trying, amongst a lot of different things that you struggle with. <laughs> there it is. I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, including what we talked about. What are you trying before. to say? So, I'm playing Legendary Axe. Great game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely great game. Some people think it's the best Turbo Graphics game that's ever come out. Watch your mouth. I can see you out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm humming along a lot like Trenton hums on other things. <laughs> and I'm, I'm having fun. I'm beating bosses. I'm moving through the levels. The music's great. The graphics are great. I mean, that that, that game is so colorful. Yeah. It's just a great early Turbo <laughs> Graphics game. And then? And I'm, I'm, I get to level four. I think it's got like five or six levels. And my power, there's a, there's a power bar that you have that actually you need to continue to increase so that you can defeat some of the harder enemies as you get through. That bar is all the way. So you know, every time I kill something, it like it flashes the screen. Cause Full tilt like a Peterbilt, ready to go. Yeah. yeah, it's basically telling you you're, you know, you're, you're boss hog, you know? This, mm -hmm. be this better have a good payoff. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to tell the story. If it, whether it does or it doesn't, I'm not putting the pressure on myself, Trent. But it's it's an issue that I think that we have, being the age that we are, the responsibilities that we have in our day-to-day -day lives, because this podcast mixes video games with everything else, right? What were we doing? What's happening in our lives? What's, you know, what is going around? What we're doing in video gaming? And so I get to this level, and it's one of these levels that has fake floors, where they disappear? Are you no, talking about they're not disappearing. You just you'd be walking along and you're falling through. Now I think there's a pattern to it, but I didn't pick up the pattern. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going through this. You couldn't and comprehend. I'm, it. I'm falling through these these holes and I'm <laughs> landing in these basically these these enemy boxes, these these enemy rooms where there's a ladder that that after you defeat the enemies you can climb back up, but you have to face like this little gauntlet. And there's these damn monkeys. Inside of these these monkey pits, mm. and they latch onto you, and they take a third of your life right away. Mm. And and when they latch on you, you have to like basically shake the controller and just hit all the buttons to try to like slough them off of you. But by the time you've done that, your health bar is pretty much done. It's over. And I died like seven times, and I lost every single continue. I got to the final boss on this level <laughs> twice, mm. but. The final boss is hard enough if you don't have all of your health and you haven't practiced that. You're, you're, so this is the first time I've ever gotten that far in the game, okay? And when I was done, I was just, like, saying things I shouldn't. And I stopped, and I was thinking to myself, and I'm like, why am I so upset right now? And the reason why I realized that I... What? <laughs> you're going... <laughs> It's, it's like you're talking to your therapist or something. I, 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 well, listen, I feel like this is an issue that we all have. I mean, my time is limited, and that's exactly what it was. Is I was upset because I I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to jump back into that game again. Because this is it, man. This that, is it. That was the time that I had to play Legendary Axe. You know, we're, we're, there's a lot that's going on in your adult life, and there's there's people that are... You guys watching this show from home, like you guys have responsibilities. You're you're working through your everyday lives. You've got you've got kids. You've got families. You know you don't have a whole lot of time to game, and when you have that time and 
that you know you have this plan that you, okay I'm gonna get through this and it doesn't happen that that is you know that is why I got so frustrated because it's like <laughs> I have a very limited time budget when it comes to video games and when you're when you're choosing to play a game you know and it doesn't work out it's like <laughs> that's that was it. that was the epiphany for me it was just like <laughs> you know I don't have a whole lot of time and that's why I'm so upset because I'm not sure when I'm gonna be able to jump back and is that something that you struggle with um, I struggle when, with when you're when you're when you're when you're uh, you know selecting the books that you're getting in Skyrim and, so, and putting them. On <laughs> I don't the have shelf. enough time to reorganize. Not these so six. much, not so much in those games. Thankfully, I mean those are pretty relaxing. But like anything like that, where it's very twitchy and you know y- you can lose all of your progress at once. Yeah, it's not a long game. I mean, you could probably get through the, through that game in maybe two and a half hours, two yeah. hours. I mean, it's it's not that long. It may be faster for some people, but. I've, I've I've owned Legendary. Let's put it this way: I've owned the Legendary Axe for five years. Mm-hmm. I've played it twice. Mm. <laughs> You're like, oh well, maybe next summer you'll Cause, you'll because that's play the other thing. It's like the wall of games. It's like, you know, I have to now stick with that game if I really really want to get through it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was just upsetting to me that I got kind of you know, I don't know what the word is, but cheesed out of it, che- cheesed out Screwed. of it, so to speak. Mm. You know, and what I should have done is said, okay, I'm having. Sh- trouble here let me look it up and see <laughs> what is the pattern on this on this grid so that i can get through this thing. not if you're a man you power through it <laughs> right no i i understand that though because i mean it's different i feel like it's it's almost something you're built into if you play a lot of rpgs where you're used to time consumption so because you're you know but you also that progress that you have is not something it's not you, taken away from you immediately right so now yeah. if i if i pop that that in i gotta i gotta start from ground zero i can't just go back to where yeah. i was those old games you didn't even have a password save mm-hmm. you just got it had to get back into it i mean when i'm playing older games i don't i honestly maybe it's just because it's still kind of new to me to a degree like i'm not as as upset because i'm like oh well i get to see it again at some point mm. and then it's like still kind of fresh because it's i haven't played the game a lot so it's not too bad. The only experience I had similar, I guess, would be uh, specifically it's a, it's a more modern game, but Bioshock. If you've yeah. heard of the yeah, the System I, Shock. I, I, I want to so. play. I want to play Bioshock. Yeah, special play, game. play just the first two. I played through all of them, and I was the first was two. Infinity I, or in, in, Infinite? Yeah, Infinite. I love the first two games. They were beautifully written, great gameplay. I, I get played through, the demo of Infinite. I, I wasn't too fond of it. I get through the third game. Mild racism aside, which is blatant in the game. Oh, really? Moving past that. I was like, okay, kind of not cool. Hopefully this ends. It ended, mm-hmm. thankfully. Get through the game, and I'm like, it's getting you into the story. You're playing through this, and it's not a short game. It's 15 hours right. plus, usually, right. for the story. You get to the last five minutes of the story, and I was just like, all of my choices were pointless. <laughs> yeah, I'm never getting this 15 hours back. Well, and, and, My life is meaningless. So, And, and, and then, I just started seeping into depression, and I yelled at the television. Yeah. And my brother comes in, and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. It's just, it's a waste of time. He's like, what was waste of time? Well, Everything. Well, life. That's, it's all pointless. That's when you have to realize it's just a video game. So, yeah. so I, came back down, I came back down from that and said, you know what? I need to appreciate the fact that I had this time to be able to play the game, enjoy it, and experience the turbo. Because how many times do you have a chance to experience the turbo graphics? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that was something I just took away from and said, you know what? I appreciate my time here. You know, one game that I'm playing through right now with this little guy and my wife, which I realized is a huge time suck for no good reason, 
is Yoshi's Crafted World for Switch <laughs> because all of the different things they send you back into the levels to get are for nothing. Mm-hmm. There is no good reason except to make it to to pad out the game, and I can't stand when 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 games do that. I can't stand it when you when you put things in that are menial tasks. It's why I hate the old Assassin's Creed game Creed games because I was about to say they've that. got a million things to pick up, and there's no good reason. There's ten feathers here. Why do I need the ten feathers? Oh, because we put them there, so you need to have them. It's like no. That is bad game design, and I'm not going to encourage it. Ten feathers just to get a fun cloak that does nothing. No, exactly. Exactly. I found, um, remember when we went to Goodwill and I saw one of the Assassin's Creed games? I remember that. You saw that it was um, Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. Yeah, which is the only one I've played through. <laughs> he came in with the Chris Farley. Yeah. Hey, you remember? You remember, you remember when we were in the Beatles? <laughs> you ever see that? Oh God, the Chris Farley show is fantastic. <laughs> you remember? You remember? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was cool. It was great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was my experience with the legendary axe. I will hopefully get back in. But we're all pulling for you. I, I thank you. It was it was it was very stressful, and I was not too happy with myself at the end of it. So well, maybe I'll get back into it next summer. Yeah, uh, maybe. It's not summer. I, I, I just mean. don't have a lot of time to game. So when I have time to game, I want it. To I, no, ma- I get it. I want it to matter. I want it to have, you know, lasting impact because I want to be able to experience more things and be mm-hmm. able to progress through more things. So you know what? Just skip it and go to Rise of the Dragon. Rise of the oh, I should go through Rise of the Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> great, great game on the Sega CD. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot one more time. Okay. Ooh. Now, on this podcast, we talk about how uh, a great game is one that's you know very physical, very simple, and very fun, right? That's very broad. What makes a great game to you? It de- for me, it depends on the game, honestly, because like I want different things at different times. So if if I want just something I can pick up and play and enjoy. It should be easy for me to pick up and play. So very simple, very accessible. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. It should reward you for learning the game well, but not punish you for minor things that that are beyond your control. Right. So when you fail, you want to feel like you failed. you failed rather than the game, the game failing was, you. Yeah. Why'd yeah. they do that? <laughs> yeah. Why would they even put that in the game? Um, that's that's the Nintendo. Thing. And yeah. I think lastly is it should, it should be something you remember, something worth playing. So it should have something that catches you. Whether it's the story or whether it's the story, gameplay, the gameplay, the, the music, yeah, something. Streets of Rage. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and then for other things, I mean Anything character driven, it's it's very different for me. RPGs. Well, R- RPGs yeah. or even just action adventure games. So stuff like Jack and Daxter or um, Ratchet and Clank. Those are more actioning games. Like a human connection. Yeah, you you almost you can empathize with the char- with either one or many characters over specific things they're going through, and it kind of brings you into that world a little more. And I like that too. Yeah, when it comes to uh, RPGs, for me, I really enjoy a game that has a good grind. You know, I like to grind, but I like to grind in a way that there's a feedback loop that is rewarding. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, games like um, like Skies of Arcadia, I love. Um, I love the combat of, I say combat, but, you know, Legend of Lagaya, mm-hmm. you know, is a big one for me. I can remember when we got the demo disc of that in the mail and 
playing through that demo disc and saying, I want to buy this game now because of how engaging this gameplay was in an RPG. You Is that know? an action-adventure like RPG? It's a JRPG. I mean, mm-hmm. how would you describe Legend of Lagaya? It's similar to like Legend of Dragon where it's a JRPG, but it has action elements. Like yes. it, it adds more of an interactive part to the turn In the battle. Oh, it's turn-based, though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's almost like a fighting element. Yeah, you're constantly doing something. You're not just sitting there, wait their turn, now my turn. It's more... Oh, okay. More oh, fluid, active battle in a way that like there's a timer between when you when you hit and then when you can hit again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I I agree. I think um, you know it, it's all of that encompasses fun, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got to be fun. If it's not fun, then we shouldn't be playing them. You know, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we bog ourselves down and playing games because we feel like we should because that's what everybody's either talking about or what the zeitgeist is at the the moment and it might not necessarily be in reality something that is truly fun and i like talking about legendary acts and spending that time i actually had fun playing and if you're not having fun playing a game stop playing that game that's that's kind of my philosophy Mm -hmm. is don't force your way through something if you don't have to Mm -hmm. because our time is limited my time's limited and i'm gonna i want to use it playing games that i actually enjoy playing you know which means i end up going back into the same games over and over again because they're the ones that i know i'm gonna have a great time with Mm -hmm. you know so well thank you for that ryan appreciate that um all right well let's get into our modern retro moment which is also called our it's still real to me damn it moment it's still real to me damn it (laughs) So, Trenton. Ooh, hi. You know, I don't think there's anything else that we could talk about in a modern retro moment other than what uh, occurred yesterday, which is the arrival of your Founders Edition Evercade versus... VS. VS, excuse me. It's a debate now. Versus VS, versus VS. Okay. Shmups, shmups, you know. Yep. SNES, SNES. No, it's SNES. <laughs> it's not. It's, Ryan knows exactly what I'm talking about. Sir, please. Only because he knows how frustrated I get when I hear no, SNES. I that is a that is a British SNES. term. SNES. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Appreciate that. So the Evercade is a is a handheld console. It's a modern retro gaming system. It's a modern perfect. <laughs> um, it is a handheld that has cartridges that have either collections of old games or even possibly some newly programmed games that are in a retro style. Yeah, there's a bunch of indie developers like that Xeno Crisis mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. which is, which we've talked about, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, they 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 pull developers from all over. Got the licenses for some older games, Atari. So they do they do arcade, t- some old console, even some old portable games like the Atari Lynx. Yeah, a lot of stuff that people maybe didn't have access to or didn't have a whole lot of time to be able to play them. Let's say they were in arcades back in the day. They're bringing collections out. They're curating collections where you can actually put a cartridge in and play an old style game from the past. Yeah, it's like we've mentioned it before. Like when I had we had that emulation box, like the Raspberry Pi. Right. So it's like when you you put that in, and there's like four thousand games on it. You don't even really know where to start. Where there's just right. like you're like, I right, play this for a few minutes. All right, now let's play this next one, and keep you just keep going. But as these ones, there's only it depends like four to fifteen games on each one. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're overwhelmed with with tons of games. So you can kind of focus on certain ones at a time. Right. Which it's it's, it's, what it's I like. well curated where you have a select number of games. It's you know you you know what you're you're getting into and you're not overwhelmed by the idea of 
well, what the heck do I play? It's like I walk into here and I'm looking at, you know, what I should play, and you know, and then I just stick in Streets of Rage. <laughs> you know, it's just like it, you it's what I know. The, you look at the wall and it's just like, okay, I'm playing, I'm playing Streets of Rage. You know, um, this actually tailors it very well, where you're not feeling overwhelmed, but you you have a selection of games that you know either are from your past or you didn't get enough time with, or you never even had the ability to have time to get with them. Evercade is putting that in place. They're bringing the retro market to the fore in a way that is accessible. You can plug it into it into an HD TV very easily. There's no lag, um, and that's the Evercade portable. They have now come out with the consoleized version of the Evercade, which is called the Evercade VS or the Evercade Versus. Trenton, could you tell Hearsay. us? Could you tell us a little bit about the Evercade Versus, what it's supposed to do, and? Um, you know, just right. a little bit more about what they were trying to accomplish there. We actually sold. I have the the, the founders edition, which I think was limited to like five thousand. So I pre-ordered that in was it May or June somewhere somewhere right, around. I don't think that. this this is not like publicly out yet in terms of like the masses. This is only the founders. No, yeah, like because I'm actually in, I'm in like the Evercade group on Facebook, and people are like, "Oh, just got mine today. Just yeah, got yeah, mine. Yeah. Just got mine." Which it actually arrived like overseas to other people earlier because they're. They're based. They, I ordered it from, and it's from the UK, so like they obviously got their shipments first. So, and I got the, the, the founders edition is like it came with six different cartridges, two controllers, like a limited edition carrying case. So it just kind of it covers like everything. It's basically like the, the the starter kit to 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 get your collection going. And it so with this one they wanted to start doing more arcade ports. That was kind of like the idea with it to have. I love with, it, especially with the four controller ports. So they're actually differentiating the, I guess the handheld games from the uh, console games. But, but the they handheld all, games work. They in, all, yeah, in they the, all in the console. Except, which is weird. They, I don't understand. They had a license sold like the Namco collections. They don't work on the um, oh, on, on the, the consoleized version. Yeah, because apparently Namco's really strict with their licenses, and they only got a license to use Namco games on a handheld. But you can use the handheld with a TV, right? But you're all, it's still on the on the handheld. I, hey, I don't gotcha. know, man. This <laughs> so I was I was on I was on the launch video uh, that Digital Foundry was. I was on the live stream with, with Sean from from Evercade, and he was talking about how he's he is kind of working with Namco to try to get. It's get just like such a weird res- like Namco. He, he did mention that Namco is yeah. a, is a, an interesting beast when it comes to licensing. Yeah, it's just like just so weird. It's like oh, yeah. you played on the handheld, but, but he said never say never. But well, not not in, the, not in the console. Yeah, and you, yeah. you can try, and it just it just doesn't recognize the cartridge. Okay, it's so so weird. But yeah, I mean, it's like kind of like the perfect system because like you can collect for it. It is the know? system. It is the system to me. It's the system for the retro gamer who wants to retro game and wants something in between real hardware. And you know a a emulation PC, you know where they want that consoleized experience. They want to be able to put a cart in, but they also want it to just work, and they want it to be able to plug into their TV where they don't have to have this complicated setup that they have to put together. I see the Evercade versus as sort of that that happy medium between, you know. It, and then they were talking about this today. Part of collecting, part of retro gaming, is is the collecting aspect and the the physical. the the physical media that you have and the and the manual. And I mean, how how often do people come into the store and they're like, oh, you know, do you have this game or do you have it complete? Mm-hmm. Right. Almost. It's you can always tell the collectors because they're like, is it complete? Do you have the manual? Does it have the manual? 
Um, I mean, that's checking out the disc, yep. seeing what, yeah. What, you Cause know, like when I is. go into like when they have like, if I go into retro games or game exchange or whatever, and they got like a game in like the glass case and like, Oh, can I see that game? And as soon as they open it, I see no manual. I was like, don't yeah, even bother. I, I, I'm good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Cause tracking down a manual is difficult. And do yeah. you really want to be waiting to do that? You know, it's, it's, you have to pick and choose how you're going to, how you're going to manage that. So mm-hmm. the Evercade, you know, it's almost better even for the person who doesn't have any retro games or maybe a, a, just a very select small amount of that because it's it's a way to start fresh with a curated list of games that you know is 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 you know a happy medium like I said between emulation and really you know having a, a complicated setup like you know a lot of retro gamers have to do to be able to get their old systems and their old games to work effectively mm-hmm. and, and and you know appropriately on on a modern television screen. yeah we gotta we gotta run this through a filter then the frame meister and then the rgb into what, the, the component. amount of hours that i've spent <laughs> then you gotta program each setting on your I tv have, so we have we have the old consoles connected into a switch scart box connected into the frame meister which is split out to the receiver has the firebrand x profiles for every system that is connected to, i mean you know uh, but it's layers, Nintendo. oh it's, it's on the wrong setting hold on we gotta we gotta yeah, go we gotta shut it, shut it down layers upon layers if you are if you are just a just a you know even a m- moderate retro gamer you're not going to go through all of that. It's the you're wrong just, aspect ratio. You're not going to do that. I, I can't, what did I do? What did I do today? We were, yeah. we were playing Hyperstone Heist, and I said, uh, wait, yeah. let me check and see if this is a lower resolution cart. Because I'm not I, sure if it's the 520 uh, uh, bucks is uh, it, frame. Is, is, is it 256 or 320? Because yeah. then i got to switch it from 5 by 3 to 5 by 2 mm-hmm. right? Because it just has to be per- I might not even see the difference. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I know if But in the not, back of your mind, you're going to be like, it's not right. It's not It's not. <laughs> Optimal. It needs to be better. I put all this time into it. We're using it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's what I really love about the Evercade versus the concept of it. And I'll tell you what, just off the bat, when we plug that thing in, that presentation that it has is so slick. I just, it, it's ooey gooey retro goodness. Ooey just, gooey retro goodness. It's a gusher in video game form. It really is. It just makes you feel warm and toasty just watching that versus Ooh. screen come on. Sorry. Sorry. Only because of what I do yeah. and the mysterious fluids that have approached on consoles that terrify me, and that's why we have gloves in the store. Are you serious? Oh, God. People don't clean their stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm you like, not, but look, but look, look at you could not clean it and it still be clean, you know. It's like a, I've had a system for like twenty years. And there's nothing like on it. Like I, I, I've seen some ungodly things on consoles. We have a we have a substance we call hand cheese, oh. which is what comes out of controllers. What you do is you just take a toothpick and you just run it along that seam, and it's just oh yeah. Well, that's understandable. It's like toe jam. It's, it's skin. Yeah, it's it's dead nice. skin. Ooh. Despair. Hopes, Once again, you know, retro games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Despair. What'd you say? Despair. Hopes. He and said. Regret in powder form. Yeah. <laughs> and that place is Retro Games Plus. Get all yes. your fine games. Get all games your Plus. retro games at Retro Games Plus. It's we clean them. They're, I promise you, they're clean. I swear, they're clean. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Retro Games Plus is a blessing, though. I mean, for us to be able to go there and just have that store. I mean, I know that I didn't start with that at the top, but I mean, it is like the closest. It's probably the only right one near here, like a, like an actual retro game near yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, it's the closest one, and and just the the personal nature of how you guys work there. You know, if I may speak out about it, mm-hmm. you, know, you go to Game Exchange. You know, 
I don't want to despair on game exchange. I actually had a good experience at the Enfield store recently. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's yeah, just come on, man. it's just, you know, there's not really a connection where we we've created that connection with you guys. You you've you've done a good job connecting with the retro community. You guys are doing events, you know, to bring people together and that's what really retro gaming is about. So, you know, all the all the applause to Retro Games Plus and for you guys and I don't know how much of that is stuff you you know Chris is responsible for or that you kind of have autonomy to be able to do what you want in the store or be able I, to have those types of events or I mean honestly that connection um, with the community yeah not to sound like a kiss ass um, but no genuinely I mean I've worked a bunch of jobs and without question. Uh, Chris, who owns Retro Games, is one of the most genuinely kind people I've ever worked for. Really, and just he he because he trusts us because he you know he he's like you know I you guys have done a good job I'm you know I trust you guys to run stuff and he gives us kind of pretty good autonomy with most. Well, he's stuff. got good people working. I would yeah. argue. Yeah, and you know he had a bunch of scumbags and, and, working there. Yeah, <laughs> you know. but he also gives us you know he he'll help us too. Like if if we can't think of something, he'll always give us really good advice, and that's why we have successful events. You know, yeah. is because it's a good tandem effort of all of us working together. And I think we've got a good core of retro fanatics though that are local too, local enough where mm-hmm. we're kind of you know a part of that, and you guys have responded to that. You know, you have in and and Chris to know like when you have a retro gamer, somebody who's really dedicated to you know make sure you take care of that person because they're going to be telling everybody about that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be bringing more people into the store, mm-hmm. and they're going to buy a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you guys have really catered to yeah. to to guys like me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, we're a business. You know, we're trying to make money, but. We we have a lot more fun when we can do things like the Congos and you know the tournament nights and things like that. Because I can't wait for next Sunday. I mean, I, I really can't. It's, it's awesome. Why? What's next Sunday? What's next Congo? Sunday? What's next Sunday? Congo at Newington. You can come. Wait. What? Who? When? Okay. So uh, next Sunday, December twelfth, we're having a. Which might be after this release. Yes. No, it won't. No, it won't. <laughs> Connecticut Gamers Organization Trade Night. So basically, Sunday night. We open this. Yep, we open the store up to anybody that wants to come. Afternoon. Down. Anybody. Afternoon. Anybody. Four to eight. Retro Games Plus. And uh, you can come down. Uh, just you can bring your stuff if you want to sell it or trade it with people. Bring your stuff. To I'm, retro I'm just going to bring everything. Plus. We're just going to take everything with us. <laughs> uh, it has to fit on a three foot card table. Um, <laughs> no, we'll make it fit. If it, if it doesn't sell, it's going in the trash. We're going to stack it like Tetris. <laughs> but yeah, um, and we try to make those nights fun. Like I try to do like little contests and like pr- giveaways and stuff, just because it's fun. You know? Oh, you have funny little games. We do. We super <laughs> have a lot of funny little games. So. Um, what do we what do we like about the Evercade versus so far in our right, we ten played minutes, <laughs> in our ten minutes with it? We played we, one game for seven minutes. What do we minutes. like? What are, first impressions. What do we like? What do we, what is lacking? What do we want? Man, um, that's that's a lot in, in five minutes. All right, so yeah. the the only thing that obviously we had an issue with the third was, party controllers don't was, work. Yeah, we download we downloaded the patch. I don't even know what the patch was. It just downloaded. There was something. supposed to be a day one <laughs> patch, which was supposed to make it so that you had. Third-party controllers like the 8-bit dough and the RetroBit controllers and the mini console controllers like the NES Mini and the Super Nintendo oh. Mini and the Genesis Mini work on the system, but we had issues with that yeah, when so we what tried we, to play a three-player game. Yeah, we were trying to I, – because I, there's three of us, so I wanted to try to play a three-player game. So we popped in uh, Combat Tribes, and we had a little issue figuring out who was first player and – pressing the select to get the coins going so we finally got that and then I was in and then you couldn't join and full in. disclosure I was using a Sega Saturn third party 
retro bit controller, and um, but that, we, so we didn't. Well, the first thing we did, we didn't map the the buttons first, right. so we thought that would be the issue. We we did but that. But then we cycled the console, and that didn't work either. <laughs> so yeah, there was. I don't know. If, and then we tried the three button Sega controller, right? And then that that didn't work. That, that right. didn't work at all, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, and so there's some kind of issue there. I don't know. Maybe we're still doing something wrong. I don't know. But the gameplay is great. I mean, the, the game itself is great, Every, and there didn't seem to be any. I've never just, played the arcade version, and, and, the, but, and the menus look great. Just how they how they curate the whole selection just looks so great. You you turn on the system, and at least for me, you get this this I don't know this like weird retro feeling, like the first time you plugged in. You know, you're, you mentioned any of your, yeah, fa- like your the favorite PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, like 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 yeah, the the PlayStation logo when it can't comes on and you hear that, you hear that buzz of the of of the sound of that Sony logo coming on the screen. Like, there's that there's that nostalgia. You get that feeling when you turn on the Evercade and you see the selection of games that you have. Um, you know, I don't know if it, if it stays on the screen after you remove a cart to say okay, you still have these games, but it's not plugged in or or what, but just that you know just they've just done a really good job at all the uh, all the extras you know it's not just about the gameplay itself it's about your experience part of, of retro gaming is the experience you have with that game or with that console or with that system and they're doing a really really good job of it i just hope that they kind of fix the the bugs associated with some of these third party controllers but yeah um, I yeah i don't know what the issue with that was i don't know if the I don't know what the, the patch didn't work or some issue with the controller, but they're they're, they're still gonna I'm sure gonna work. Yeah, on I mean it, it literally it. Ju- literally just came out, but yeah, the regular. I mean, um, our mine came with two of the Evercade controllers. Those were fine. There wasn't any issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still have sealed games. I haven't even. I just got it last night, so I haven't even uh, but jumped it, into it, these They're just ones yet. so cool. I I just I love the idea of this. I don't. I want one. I just don't know where I'm going to put it because now I have I have the retro setup, so it's like where do you put something like this? I, I don't know. For me, I, I feel like this console is not necessarily it, it is for me, but it's geared more towards the person that has the space for a dedicated console like this. Because if I've got this with everything else going on, it's just it's just chaos. Well, I mean, you have you chaos I mean? already. I don't think this one little system is like oh, that's going to put it over the edge. I do have it's a bit too of chaos. much. <laughs> But it's great because it is great, and I love the arcade aspect of it. Of there were so many great arcade games that we didn't have access to on the consoles, you know, or the optimal version was the arcade version, like mm-hmm. like the combat tries. Because I have the right. Super Nintendo version, we played it that and one time, and it's just like it moves kind of slow. Right. It, like it feels like it's like skipping. But the frames. animation of that arcade version is just great. Like mm-hmm. you see the animation. You look, we played Tumble Pop, and Tumble Pop. The animation is just you. you they just. It's it's something extra that you didn't have in the console versions of games, even if they did exist. You yeah, know so I mean? I mean, I feel like after this, I th- I feel like it's definitely going to catch on. You know, the handheld was kind of, you know, it's kind of like whatever. I don't think everyone was into the just having the handheld, even if you could play it on the TV. But then we're like, oh, right, now we have an actual. Do system. we know? Do you know? Because you're you're kind of in it a little bit. Do you know what the breakup is between people who play the Switch in hand- docked mode versus handheld mode? I... Well, how about this? How's the uh, demand for uh, yeah, what's the, the dem- light? What's the demand for the light? I feel like it's not that great. It's honestly, I doesn't matter. They don't, they don't sit. 
either goes. Really? The lights really? the lights will hang around a little longer because people do like having I've that. talked to people with the light and they've said, you know, I really wish I had the opportunity to put it on the TV. So, yeah, like I had the light first. And for, at least from my experience, I play mostly handheld anyways. But and you this, like that oper- you like that choice though, right? Yeah. And but I do like the ability to choose. So definitely I would say I see more people going for the option of having the full hybrid as opposed to just the it's dedicated. Same as handheld. like the PS five with like the disc version or the non disc version. People want the disc version, right? Mm-hmm. I mean they want to have the ability to put a disc in the system. It's we listen, we are <laughs> we are creatures. We are humans. We, I mean, we, but you we know, like the, we like tactile things. We like the feeling of it. As much as we talk about this virtual world, is if you give me a choice to have a disc versus not having a disc, I I want it. I yeah, but the PS Five is anything on it. Different. I want the physical media. What <laughs> I'm saying, well, the PS Five, I guess, was different because I mean, you're talking about like you know us, thirty year olds. I don't. Who knows what? Like, I'm not a thirty year old. I'm closer to forty. But go ahead. Well, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> you want to make yourself feel older? That's on you. You know, that's you. Listen, I feel great. My wife's thirty-three. I feel thirty-three. That's what I always say. But, but uh, no, no, I'm just saying. I don't know. Maybe like a, a, an eighteen or nineteen-year-old doesn't have a. They're not ingrained with collecting or having physical media. So maybe the the um, the non-disc version is they don't really care. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, what are you saying with 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 that market with that with that younger or do you get you a know, younger crowd market. there? Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, I have uh. I have younger kids that collect the older stuff too. I think it's there is something to be said for the physical part of it. I think that it's it is kind of important cuz I think once people get that bug, they stick with it. Yeah. Cuz I have, you know, kids that are regulars that come in with their parents and they're 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. Like this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a I have a, I have a young man that comes in with his dad and he's like 7 or 8. And he just collects Atari. That's all he wants every time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like 2600. Yep. He loves his 2600. He loves the games for it. He has no desire for the newer stuff. He just He's like, did you get any new Atari games this week? And I'm like, I have to. Make sure he gets Cosmic Arc. That's one of the he, best games. Yeah, I think he already has it. He has, he'll, like, he'll. Dragonfire? Anytime, anytime we get ra- rare stuff. Any of the iMagic games are, are fantastic. Oh, yeah, but, like, we'll get, like, a $20 Atari card in. Like, a random one that's just rare and we don't see it ever. And Ghostbusters? Like, and he's like, oh, my God, this I never see this. I need this. And, like, he's so excited. <laughs> well, no one so, ever that's sees so it. so cool. Yeah, but, like, I have. So cool. I have younger kids that are like. Because, and a big th- part of it is, is, is the retro gaming community. The guys on YouTube because you know oh, kids, yeah, yeah. kids are always on YouTube and they're just like, oh, this guy had this Genesis game. I really so want now it. So I need it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And they really enjoy it. And it and once they get that's, that, that's how bug. I need to talk about a seven year old. I have a thirty seven year old. That's how I am. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, I, I want see, it. I see somebody talking about a retro game and they're like, "Have you discovered this? This is an amazing game." I'm like, "I need it. <laughs> I have now." <laughs> Yeah, but, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and I think. I mean, how do you think I I, I came up with the idea for wanting Fatal Fury too? I saw it on mm-hmm. some YouTube video, and I said, "That's appealing to me. It's it's, it's an alternate to the Street Fighter Two era." Mm-hmm. And I was sweating on the couch playing that. <laughs> like you know, I had you cheering me on, mm-hmm. and it was a great retro moment. That's a fun <laughs> game, you know. That's like, a retro moment. That's what I'm talking about, you know. And that's where I I found it was was you know looking at at uh, Fatal Fury Special on Sega CD, mm-hmm. and then they said, "No, go to Fatal Fury Two. It's cheaper and it's a better game." <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, and two, it's it's also the pick up and play aspect of mm-hmm. the older stuff where it's 
you're not investing this mass amount of time. Remember when we talked? What, yeah. what about updates? Remember we talked? We were talking oh, about God. updates and how it's like you gotta you gotta you gotta download the update, then you gotta install the then update. Then you gotta install the update. Yeah. yeah and, and then yeah. oh, you ran out of space. Let's delete these five yeah, things exactly, to make room exactly. for the update. Retro yeah. games don't have that, and that's one of the things with like the verses that are so is so great is that. You plug it in and you can get into a game right away. Yeah, so. it boots up uh, really quick too. And the great thing is, like, you you don't have to invest a lot of money into it. Like, each cartridge is only twenty, 20 bucks. bucks. I mean, maybe and it comes with at least five games, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe later on, maybe they might get some like single game. Like, it'll be like a huge game or something. So in they depth, sa- they but. said that the that the the max that they could get out of the Evercade, like in terms of its processing power, is the PS One, Nintendo sixty four Dreamcast. That is the maximum. Oh, Dreamcast would that's be. That's still a pretty good amount of room, though. Well, and, and that's what we talk about is like that's the kind of the cutoff of like the. Cl- when I think of the classic era of gaming, I think everything Dreamcast back. Mm. When you think about PS2 and beyond, that is more of a modern gaming to me. Um, so they said, you know, it depends on on what, you know, yeah, the, 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 like even if it's like a CPS2, you know, Capcom game, well, it depends on what they did to create that game whether or not they're going to be able to make it work on the Versus, but generally in terms of power, everything up to the Dreamcast they can do on the Versus, which is pretty nice. Think about if they could create like a, a game specific to the Versus that has 64 graphics. Yeah, I mean, I could see like, some that's good to me. indie developers or someone like making an exclude like just one single game, like a really in-depth. Was it, game was it called like tang- Tangiers or tan- Tangiers or? What but was that it? was that's that's on one of the multi-card. Um, one of, I think it's on the Pico uh, collection. That's not you know that's a collection of indie games that were on. You could you could get that. But on, that's uh, made specifically for. No. that's not emulated, is it? No, it's not for the Evercade. That's oh, it's it's just an indie game. You could get it on like PS4 or, oh, okay. or whatever. Yeah. All right. Like there's like indie game collections where you are you know, on like Steam or whatever. You know, all gotcha. the digital shops. But I'm saying. But you can program games directly to the Evercade. That I don't know. You you, you can. Oh, you're saying you can. Yeah. Oh. So so it's not just an emulation box. There's actually processing power inside of that thing where you can make games for it. So they can do that. You right. know, it's whether or not they decide they want to do mean, that. Yeah. But. I mean, I could see it really taking off. I mean. It's just kind of coming out now. Like all the big YouTubers have done their reviews. Everyone's saying they love it. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to take off, and then maybe they'll get more rights for different developers and stuff like that. So. They, they've done a great job. I'm, I'm, I applaud them. I mean, you look at what was the other box that was supposed to come out that was supposed to be for. Oh, well, your, no, that's your, the uh, the Polymega. Polymega, which is it's out. But, but this, this is reasonably costed. I mean, you could you could get this the the deluxe system for hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of apples and oranges because that's you're taking your own games and playing. In there terms on of it. fitting in their market and doing a no, good no, job, I, I know, I know. Polymega yeah. is sort of on the that's know, on the the niche. They're side. they're on the poop mm-hmm. list a little bit too, as far as what they're doing for the the cost that they're they're charging for it. Whereas I think Evercade is trying to tailor this and make it really cost effective and make it work and yeah, you know, a hundred bucks you can pe- get the VS. People are responding really well to that, you know. So you know, there's there's things happening in retro gaming. Um, Evercade is a bright spot, so we're really really excited about that. So you know, we we would say is guys, if you, if you you know if you don't have a retro setup and you really want to have access to some of these old games, you don't want to have a million games that you don't really know what to choose. But you want to be able to buy cartridges and, you know, as releases come out like you used to do, 
the Evercade versus is the the way to go. The controllers, how do you guys like the controllers? They're pretty good. It's yeah. for the price. Yeah, point, I mean, to be honest, solid. it's not the like I'm kind of because when I pre-ordered it, I was thinking like, do I want to get like four controllers just you know just to say I have four of the same controllers? It's a decent controller. It's maybe it's my hands are a little bit bigger, so it's got that it's got that like curve underneath it, so you can grip the uh, like the shoulder buttons from my hands. It, it still feels a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like you know how you hold a controller and you got your your yeah. index fingers yep. like on top. For me, it feels a little feels a little weird. I don't know how to. How about con- the portable system when you play that? That well, no, yeah, I think that's a great. I mean, I know you can use that as a controller, but that one also doesn't have two like an L one, L two, R one, R two. So I mean, maybe I have to look into some other kind of controller. But no, it, it's it's fine though. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think they've done a really good job. So you know, if you guys are interested in getting you know a retro gaming setup where you're there's not a whole lot of responsibility on you to 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 really do a whole lot, but you want to have that experience. The Evercade is the way to go. So look at that. I mean, they've got you, you can buy it at Best Buy. I mean, you can buy it pretty much. Yeah, I don't know any anywhere. Just look up. I don't know if it's Evercade. available yet. I know. I mean, you can like. You can I think you can pre, still pre-order you can pre-order it or order whatever. It. Yeah. Um, but that's a great way to go. I think the initial set, the, like the, even the cheapest set, comes with uh, a game. Yeah. And it comes with a controller, or you can like get the 100. deluxe set, which has two games or two two and cartridges like that have multiple then games. hundred thirty, and then it just goes. You can just get a whole bunch of games, and that has two ones. controllers with it. So, yeah. um, you know, support these guys if you guys want to. You know, have that type of a uh, um, you know experience, and you want to be able to experience old games. Evercade Evercade Versus is a great option to do, and it looks a slick console, and um, it's clean, and you know I think it's a great it's a great option. And they so. just uh, I mean they have new carts coming out every few months. They just put up the pre order for the renovation collection. Renovation Telenet. I mean I which love, was like all the old like those original Genesis shoot, games. shooters yeah. and yeah. Valis and those yep. kinds of games. I think both one and two are on that collection. Yeah, Valis is a, is a classic uh, action action game. So, anyways, um, with that being said, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking about, of course, the uh, highlight of this episode, which is Twisted Metal on the PS One. We'll be right back. Pause. After these messages, we'll be right back. No, but I got you some of your own. Cool tools! These tools look real. Cool tools! The look and the feel. Cool tools! Cool, cool, cool! Cool tools! Ready for real metal tools? You can get cool tools. Keep them in your handy tool belt or in your cool tools toolbox. You got my tape measure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, cool! Cool, cool tools! Cool tools. Tools, belt, and toolbox. Each sold separately. Batteries not included. Cool. Cool, 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 yes, cool. Cool, 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 sure, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, we're back Oh, after that break, and um, so it is time to talk about the main event. Welcome to the main event. <sighs> which is the historically very significant game called Twisted Metal. Twisted! Twisted! metal twisted metal part of the reason why uh, ryan we asked you on the show is because you know you're such a, a ps1 i won't say psx again you don't want to offend PS one head <laughs> that um you know we you know twisted metal is one of those games that is is a it is a console defining game twisted metal is you know the first two games are 
you know, mostly lauded as the best in the series. Those originated on the PlayStation and it was very much a time when you think about 1995, you, you start to think about the beginnings of what we call the extreme era. Oh yeah. X games. You want to get extreme Dorito. Extreme was better. The more extreme that you were, yeah, you weren't there, man. The more yellow five you had in your drink. (laughs) Yeah. We're talking red dye. Number four. We're talking snap bracelets, dude. Snap LA gears with the lights. I feel like that was earlier, though. No, that wasn't. That was not the extreme era. No, I know. Snap bracelets were like 91, 92. I should. We're talking snap. Well, well, I was still wearing them, right? Well, great way to recycle a tape measure. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Sorry. It's a weird thing that I latch on to. So, you know, when we think about the. When we think about the battle between, let's say, like the Saturn and the the PlayStation, right? That there was no battle. (laughs) Let's be honest. When we think about the approach of of those two consoles (laughs) and what and and what they thought was going to be the next wave, right? Mm. And what they thought they needed to do to appeal to their audience, right? Sega went into one direction and said, "Okay, we need to we need to continue along with this arcade route, which was cool." And they had their people that actually loved it, but it was a very, very core base. They're out of touch. Now out of time. Perhaps. <laughs> the majority of Americans, at least, when we think about our market, right? Our people. Ex- <laughs> Is it gender? <laughs> yeah. Gender Mahal? <laughs> Extreme was better. And Twisted Metal fit that bill just about as good as anything else could. It hit everything. P- PlayStation was the extreme console. It was the hip console. It was the one that that got you. It had the toed. It did. It did. It's t- taking a line from Sega, right? Mm-hmm. It Two was the dudes. one it was the one that spoke to that 13 to 21 market, you know. Oh, that's the, me. The kid the ki- exactly. That's <laughs> what we what we were is is you know, we were in that sort of young adult sort of adolescent phase and if it was extreme, it was cool, and we wanted to be a part of that. And then there was a trickle-down effect to the younger younger kids because if the older kids were buying it, the younger kids were buying it. They basically ripped the playbook out of Sega mm-hmm. from the 16-bit era and beat them at their own game. And Twisted Metal was a big part of that. So Twisted Metal was developed by a company called Single Track, published by Sony Computer Entertainment America. It released... this. Uh, uh, November fifth, nineteen ninety five. So we're talking about the first few months. We're talking about the Second launch, the launch about, yeah. window of the PlayStation. It was it September nineteen ninety five that it came out? Yep, September. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think Twisted Metal was one of the. Yeah, it's one of the first launch window games because that was the long box was the first one. Oh yeah, it was a long box. So um, Single Track is a company that was created through a collaboration between Sony and a group called. Oh, what are they called here? Eastland. Yeah, Evans and Sutherland. Excuse me. Evans and Sutherland, which was a commercial and military simulation company. They wanted to get into video games. Sony needed developers to come to the fore to be able to provide software for this thing. And so they agreed to work together. The main person involved in this is a guy named David Jaffe. You familiar with David Jaffe? I am not. I am not either. David Jaffe created God of War. Ooh. Okay. 
David Jaffe was responsible for the, um, I don't know if it was a free-to-play game, but it was an online game called Drawn to Death that mm-hmm. was created for, I believe, the PS3 or PS4. It was basically a, you were everything was made out of paper and pen, mm-hmm. and it was a third-person shooter type of a thing, almost like an like Uncharted 2's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And so he created that. He, he also was, his first designing role was in Mickey Mania. For oh, for, for for Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, he worked with the great John Burton, who mm-hmm. has a channel on YouTube called Game Hut, and you know probably learned a lot from John in terms of game design. Uh, John is immortal when it comes to retro gaming. If you haven't looked at his videos on Game Hut, take a look at the tricks he was able to use to make the 3D levels in Toy Story or the animation that he was able to do in Mickey Mania. Um, oh, that's why I saw that. Where the right, color he was able to bring to the to the cutscenes of Toy Story, right? So, you know, John Burton is a legend. Um, David Jaffe was known as a, a bad boy. Um, he went. He 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 basically. <laughs> He's grew, the bad boy of game development. No pocket protector. <laughs> He's just flying naked. He, he really was. He he was he 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 grew up in the southeast, and then he moved out to California because he wanted to create movies. And it wasn't working out, and he 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 you know he got into game design. And at one point, he was basically going to get fired from Sony. Sony was like, "You have one more chance. We want you. To, we want you to go out to meet this Evans and Sutherland team, and we want you to work on on new projects for the brand new PS One, the PSX that we're calling it, right? That mm-hmm. we're going to be coming out with. And they've got a engine that we want you to see, and we want you to 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 work with them." So from that meeting, it was him, this uh, other designer, Mike Guyam, I believe it's pronounced, um, and then the head of Sony Santa Monica, <clears throat> um, which is Alan Becker. They went out to this meeting with with Evans and Sutherland. They saw the tech that they were using, which was basically a three dimensional, um, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Uh, not car, car or traversal sort of uh, vehicular movement type of an engine mm-hmm. where you would be moving through this 3d space to be able to um you know to be able to actually make a game right mm-hmm. and originally they had thought well we can make a pizza delivery game with it you know we can do a please we can we, we can be a pizza delivery driver sounds like you know like sneak king or something like they made for <laughs> pepsi bur- man yeah, for, for, big <laughs> bumping exactly for like burger king like, yeah. a, like a mini game it's like pizza delivery you know it's like so they come away from that and and they're stuck on I guess there's an interstate out in California called the 405. Yes there is. Mm-hmm. And so they're stuck on the 405 and Jaffe gets this idea he's like, you know, we're in traffic. I wish I just had a missile launcher. <laughs> to I just want to shoot everybody. To be able to blow away everybody. <laughs> Did you look this up? No, but I okay. mean you just kind of assume it's a road rage. Right. <laughs> so he basically had some road rage and they, and they had this epiphany that just came over them that said we're going to use this engine to make a combat game. Think Mortal Kombat, let's just say, but we're going to do it with vehicles. Almost like Road Rash, where mm-hmm. it's not on a track, but it's more in a three-dimensional an environment. Because, yeah. yeah, an arena, because we have this engine that we can use. So, you know, why don't we make this this combat game? The other thing that came out of that was a game called, a little game called Warhawk. So the same engine that was used to make Twisted Metal was used to make Warhawk. In fact, they had a demo running where they had the Warhawk ship shooting down at the cars. In Twisted Metal? Exactly. Oh, okay. 
And Warhawk came out after Twisted Metal. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I do know that they I know that came was out an early around, game. around the same time. Yeah, they were both really they were early both titles. long box games, yeah. as far as I know. But, you know, you think about Warhawk and, and Twisted Metal, two bangers. I mean, two games that absolutely hit it hard. Yeah, I don't and, think I ever played Warhawk. I do remember seeing advertisements and everything for it. Did, have you played it? Warhawk? Uh, it's a yes or no. Yes, I, I have. I have played Warhawk. Um, I, I have played Warhawk. I'll, I'll speak to that when, when it's time to speak to it. But uh. <clears throat> how I experienced Warhawk and how I experienced Twisted Metal are, are sort of uncon- oh. un- unconventional, and so I want to be able to speak to that. Um, so, you know, why is why is Twisted Metal important? Well, you know it. it it brought a brand new genre of gaming that we hadn't seen before, right? I really don't want to get too much into the characters. There's, you know, there's, a, there's, I think ten or twelve characters. They've Sweet all, tooth. they've all got different, you know, uh, you know, they're all very cool in their different modes. That one's a, you know, one's an army general. One is in a, a low rider. One is in um, a Mack truck. Another one, Mister Grimm, is on a motorcycle. So you got a bunch of different characters, and they're basically shooting missiles and machine guns at each other going over ramps and you know with with an audience looking around them and watching them actually destroy each other with massive flames mm-hmm. and a lot of destruction that is twisted metal it's it's electric guitars it is destruction <laughs> it is it's punk rock man it is extreme to the max but it all works right so any initial thoughts on twisted metal or the concept of the game, or any any comments about that as at, itself as a game, Ryan. Um, I mean, you can definitely see like it just it changed the way you looked at moving through a three D space at the time, because a lot of the especially early development stuff. I mean, the games that kind of broke with three D was I mean, Virtua Fighter is probably the biggest one because it kind of proved that you could do three D games well. Yeah. At that time. That was like the first like 3D fighting game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of what Twisted Metal and, and Warhawk and that style of game did was it showed that you could get a 3D object like a fighter, but have it interact with an environment that is constantly moving. So you have that single plane of that object moving up, down, left, right on all axis, but it's interacting with an environment. Something we hadn't really seen yeah, before. Yeah, we'd never seen that, where it actually has environmental stimulus, like, you go up a ramp and you can feel the ramp pushing you up, or you yeah. get hit by a missile and you feel the, the car shift left right. or right from the impact. Or, or just the inertia of taking a turn mm-hmm. and feeling like you said, like that vehicle actually roll into You that feel turn. the weight. You feel the weight of it, mm-hmm. and, and so that's what Twisted Metal, not only with its extreme violence, let's just say, or the or just the humorous, just you know, hilarity of what you were actually doing, but it actually made it feel good. It was arcadey, but it but it was responsive, and you felt like, you know, the game got you. You know, mm-hmm. it got exactly what you were trying to do, and you knew the expectations, and you knew how to go through it, and it made it so much fun because. It, it, the expectation of what you were doing, it was all working together, mm-hmm. and and it's a it's a game that changed gaming really. I mean, when you think about it, the, the early PlayStation set a tone that I almost feel like we're still in. I mean, not that we're in the extreme era, but it's it, it defined gaming for 
an entire generation plus mm -hmm. because that rolled into everything you know in terms of game design in the future i think you know we think about mario 64 and camera you know uh, camera dynamics and just you know how how to create a game but sony you know did a whole lot with advancing the the video game medium forward and twisted metal was a huge huge part of that because at the basis uh, basics of it it's not really a complicated game I mean, we're talking about a game that's it's it's you're in a car, you're shooting weapons at people. You have there's some resource management there. There are areas where you can you can heal up, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's really about you know trying to survive and have everybody else die. Yeah, you know? I guess you could. You, I mean, you could. I guess you could say it kind of pulled from like that Mario the Mario Kart multiplayer in like super nintendo oh, like battle mode yeah because you're in like that battle mode and you're it's a great point you know mm -hmm. you're in that but it's not like a 3d arena but i mean it's kind well, of it's 3d it's it like a, 3D. you're in like a shit in like a square kind of mm -hmm. shaped arena and i mean it probably did pull some maybe they won't admit it but probably that's did. probably where they got could have pulled the idea from right. the, whole, oh, yeah, the whole battle mode yeah, um, just, I was just thinking, literally, just thinking that of that, like where it could have uh, originated from. Because I remember I, we we mentioned something about uh, Twisted Metal on the last episode because I had just picked up Twisted Metal one and two, mm -hmm. and then I was like, oh yeah, there's not for now. I, for some reason, I can't think of the game. There was a game on the Atari Lynx that was kind of like a car uh, combat game, a car combat game. Now, for some reason, I can't think of it. When I was thinking, oh, maybe they pulled that from, but that no, obviously, no one knew really knew about that game, so you can't, that oh. doesn't really count. Carmageddon, I think maybe. No, 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 no. That that was later. I, I, I for was some that reason a I game? can't. No, 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 no. no. That, I was just thinking maybe. No, that came out later. It's on the Atari Lynx. They're they're handheld. Mm. I can't. No, I can't. I want to say it's not Road Blasters. I, I for some reason I can't think of it. I'll have to look it up later. Mm. Yeah. Um. You know the thing. The thing about Twisted Metal that I think was really special is, and, and when you compare that to let's say its contemporaries, right? So what was coming out around the same time? You had Road Rash, but that's a different kind of game because you're all on one sort of one course. Mm -hmm. But the game that I think of that as its contemporary is Destruction Derby. Well, but, yeah. But the the, the different and, and it's a little bit different of a game. But the difference that I see is that n it now became important to have more than just the gameplay. You know what I mean, like. Destruction Derby is a pure gameplay kind of game. You're literally just you're saying ramming yourself into other cars. Yeah, you're saying there has to have, have like some kind of has a, a mood, a mood to it. Th there right? was th there was there were extra things put into that game to make you feel connected. Like we talked about, you know, the connection to a game or to a character, and it's like Sweet Tooth was so maniacal and insane. Like he could have just been some character, you mm -hmm. know, and, and and you know you, it's like you, you look at uh, like pilot wings, right? And it's like pilot wings. You have like the guy, the girl, and the fat guy. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like there's not really much to it. Whereas you know, even even Mario Kart, it was it, you had you know Donkey Kong Junior. and you had Mario and Luigi, but they were all just yeah. On the first one, they they. Everyone played the same. There wasn't anything different about any of them. No, it wasn't really like a huge deal. Whereas you get into this, and like these characters have backgrounds, and they're like they've got history. Spectre was a ghost. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like you know, Sweet Tooth is an insane clown. You know, you've got Warthog, who's a this crazed army general. Mister Grimm, which is a freaking you know, it's it's literally who's the keeper. <laughs> yeah, who's the Marvel character? It's a Ghost Rider. Yep, he's literally Ghost Rider. You know, so there was. It made you wonder about 
the characters. It made you wonder about the game, about there's there's more to this universe than just car combat. Mm-hmm. It adds an atmosphere. Yeah, there was something yeah. extra that that gripped you more than just the 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 gameplay was great, but it wasn't just the gameplay. It was everything around the gameplay that made you, that endeared you to that property. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No. Totally. So, um, you know, so I think I think we can say that Twisted Metal was incredibly important. They did an amazing job with the game. Um, it stands the test of time. It still plays well. Um, you know, the crazy thing that I'll talk about in terms of how I experienced the game, and I'll ask you guys the same thing too, um, but the way I experienced the game is I got my my PlayStation in the fall of 1996 from Funko Land after getting a Champs Sports review of all of the new systems. It was a magazine. Champs Sports? Champs Sports had this magazine review of all of the systems, including the 3DO and the and the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation and PC CD. They even had Super Nintendo and Genesis still in there. <laughs> and the pros and cons to each system and what the big EA games that were going to be coming out. Because it, yeah. it was an EA production. Mm-hmm. It had something on... Joe Smith was on the front, um, who was a brand new um, you know NBA player. And they had this EA championship game where they had um, you know a bunch of... A tournament, you mean? Tournament. Oh, yeah. Where a bunch of players Wait, came do you together. Have, do you have that? I still have it. Okay, yeah. I was like, I know you've showed... I think you've shown I've it. Shown it <laughs> I think yeah. I've shown it on the podcast. I still have it. We can check yeah. it out later. But but that's when I saw the PlayStation for the first time. And I said, I need to get this. And I remember I was telling my buddy Matt about it. And he like... It like broke his heart to think that I would move from Sega to Sony. But it was so compelling what was happening on the PlayStation. Like, PlayStation made you... It forced you to want the system. Wait, did you have a, a PlayStation before the Saturn? Yes, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. So PlayStation was the first 32-bit system that I had. And when I got the system, for some no, reason... No, no, no. The 32X. Oh, that's true. The, 30, <laughs> the 32X. Never count out the, the 32X. The immortal version of Doom on the 32X. <laughs> of course, in Virtua Fighter. But I, you're right. The the standalone system that was a 32-bit system yeah. that I got. That gotcha. was my first one was the PlayStation in the fall of, of, um, of 1996. And it came. It didn't come with the box, but it came with this, which was the interactive CD sampler volume one, which, think- which includes playable versions of Warhawk, Trenton, and Twisted Metal. I played the, the, the level of Warhawk. It was amazing. Does I, that- I never had enough money to buy Warhawk, but I played that level over and over and over again. And what else did it have? It had the first arena of Twisted Metal. And guess how many characters you could play as? One. Every single one of them. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'll never forget that Christmas and the Christmas afterwards, me, my brother Santo, and my cousin James got together and we had tournaments with this disc. Oh, it actually lets you play two player? It lets you play two player as much as you wanted to, all the characters, and we had and tournaments. In one, one, uh, one arena? In one arena. And that, that to me, is Twisted Metal. That first arena, <laughs> we would literally draw out, like, brackets. You really drew the arena out? No, bracket. Oh, oh like a, bra- like a tournament a, bracket. Like a tournament bracket, of in like a loser's bracket, and we would Hey, remember that time we did a, a bracket? We did. We're not done with that yet. We gotta we gotta finish that up. That's the uh, that's the that's the retro tournament. We're gonna get back to that. I've been thinking about that. 
you know what I'm talking about. It's it's the it's the classic consoles. What's the best console mm. launch mm-hmm. of all time? I think we stopped like a year ago. Yeah, we're gonna get back to it. We're gonna get back on it. But we literally made brackets with this disc. This disc works to this day. It had Mortal Kombat three. It had loaded on it. It had a full level of loaded on it. Does this have? Is this the first? Does this have? Um, it doesn't have the game, but Destruction Derby. It has like a video. It has a of video it. of Destruction yep, Derby the, on it. That's the one I played too. Then. NHL Face Off. It has. Um, had a, um, a level of Mortal Kombat 3. I NFL see Wipeout on the video. back there. It's got a level of Wipeout on it. I mean, this thing was amazing. This was my entry to the PlayStation. This was the only thing I had for maybe a few months before my dad bought me Primal Rage in the long box. <laughs> but didn't... Yeah. You, wait, you said you you got the system used? You said it didn't yes. come with the box? It did not come with the box. Oh, so you got it used. came with this. So you got you, you to use then, huh? Yes. From... Where'd you get it used? Funkoland. Oh, Funkoland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember the uh, the the pack and they came with like the the interactive CD. Yeah, this is my original copy that I got. Oh, from, is it from 1996? Oh my god. Yep. So and, and this is the way that I experienced Twisted Metal, and I love it. And it, if I never played the regular version of Twisted Metal, it wouldn't matter because this was <laughs> this was everything to me. It had every character, and it had the arena. Mm-hmm. What else could you? And you could play two player. What else could you want, right? And it and it and it played amazing, and I just I had so much fun with this game. So to me, it's weird, but Twisted Metal is Twisted Metal on the interactive CD sampler pack <laughs> volume one. As crazy as that sounds, that's so. beautiful. What about you guys? When how did you experience this game? I so I, I mentioned it before. So at the time, my aunt was working for Sony, and. During that year, I would go to my uh, my grandfather's in New Jersey, and this was probably around right when the game came out. So when I would go down there, she would... I don't know if she borrowed it. I think I mentioned this before on one of the older She podcasts. worked for Sony, right? Yeah, she was working for Sony, and like they let you... You could either rent it, like the system, or like borrow it from the... Uh, You're not ready. From <laughs> You are not ready. You uh, are not E. So they would either I, I don't remember if they she rented it or they had like systems you could just borrow. So like I'd stay at my grandfather's for like a week or whatever, and she would she would just bring it, and it came in like the rental you know from like Blockbuster. The oh, big the hard classic. case. Yeah. So she got it from there, and I, that, I think that virtual was Virtual Boy. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Mommy, can I rent a Virtual Boy from Blockbuster? It's a no child ever. <laughs> I want to play Galactic Pinball. (laughs) Mario Clash. We brought we brought the virtual. I had the virtual boy on a clearance from from KB Toys, and I brought it to my my cousin James's house, and it was the hit of the holiday. People played Mario Tennis, and they were like, "What is this? This is amazing!" But they just their value proposition just was not there, and so they their value proposition. (laughs) Unless you're like me and you have astigmatism, and it's just like pain. Oh, please shut it off. Yeah, well, Nomad Steve loves playing it. So. He does, yeah. And, and microwaving it or heating it up in the oven or whatever mm. he does to. He does a lot of things. Reset like, the cables. Yeah. Insanity. What? <laughs> it's because the the thermal or paste or whatever on him, you got to keep resetting it. I don't know. It's weird. Definitely insanity. Go ahead. So Continue. Anyway, yeah. So my I was working for Sony. I was at my grandfather's where she lived. You know, a, a town over. Got a picked up a PlayStation for me. I don't. Like I said, I don't remember if she rented it or they were just allowing like people that work there to just like take them. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I went to like a video game store there or if I had already known about the game. But this was the first time I played Twisted Metal. 
Um, we either rented it or she had it. I mean, she may have had it because if it was a it was a Sony branded game, mm-hmm. so they they might was, have had some like game. games to like rent. Um, and I think this was the one time where I went to my grandfather's and one of my friends came with me, and I believe my my friend Johnny had came with me that time. And Down in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Oh. Yeah, it was like I was like I asked my grandfather. I was like, "Hey, can like my friend come?" Because <laughs> he was just like me and my. I'm, I'm I'm a little pissed I wasn't invited. To be <laughs> oh, yeah, when I didn't know you. Yeah. <laughs> I still uh, feel <laughs> I'm a little pissed. That would have been fun. I didn't get that phone call. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So this. Yeah. So I had. I believe this was a, I had him come with me and my my grandfather had like a spare room that you set two cots up and that's where we would like sleep in there with with a little 13 inch so obviously it was a Sony TV it's since my aunt worked yeah. for Sony yeah. um so yeah we, Tron, baby yeah that, that's what it no was bad. Steve would love that mm-hmm and 13 inch Tron he's probably getting itchy he's like <laughs> I have five but I need one more aunt? do you still talk to your aunt <laughs> and he, and he, does she still have it sorry Steve I love you uh yeah, and and they're good though. Yeah, they are. That was uh that was the first time I played it, and, he, and I'm almost positive he was there with me. So it was like we had two, we had two player, and we would just we would play that for just the whole night. You know, that was like back. You'd stay up to like four in the morning right. playing, and it would just it would just never because like you never like I said. You it's like never, the first time I played Resident Evil too. Like yeah, like you never experienced a game like this before. It's it's kind of weird. Like if you weren't there, like. We literally saw a genre of a game be like created, Unfold, unfolded. In front now of it's you. just like, oh, that game's yeah, it's like this, it's like that, it's like that. Like you couldn't say what Twisted Metal was like. You're like, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> it's just like destruction everywhere. Um, yeah, that was. We would just yeah, we literally just play it for hours and like hours and just like never get bored. And I'm pretty sure we had a memory card too, so we could just like we did. We tried, you know, because there's like the one player mode. Mm-hmm. I think you, man. I, I don't. It sucks that we didn't get to like play this recently, but I think you would like progress through the mode. And you can unlock uh, characters, whatever. I do remember there was one. I, I think it was either. I think it's New York. Is New York one of the stages? That's, so that's one, Twisted Metal Two. It is Twisted Metal One is all in Los Angeles. Okay, is there's a parking garage in one of them though, yeah. right? And you, yeah, and you could if you got to like the edge of like the parking lot, you could shoot. Um, like some some building in the distance. Do you know? You, uh, maybe I'm confusing this, but I'm pretty sure you could do that. Mm-hmm. There was like some building you could shoot it, and it would like change. It'd be like way in the distance. You had like the rocket launchers you could shoot at it. That's, I don't know. That was just that's like, almost like one of those things when you try to do fatalities and you just like hey, don't do anything, don't do anything, don't don't shoot me, don't shoot yeah, me. Don't yeah, shoot yeah, me. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you just like you'd be in battle mode. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was just like one of those. But that stuff. That's like the things you remember that were like, yeah, fun yeah, yeah. about it. You know, like those little Easter eggs that you wanted and you, to, and wanted to pick up. You could like run over people too in that. Like humans, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like, <laughs> like it was just you just you just like run, keep like you know you just like, run. It's like GTA, through. like my first GTA, you know. Yeah, they were just like little pixel, yeah, like, yeah. Not even like, 3D, like a splat. Not even like three D characters. No, they're, yeah, they're, they're just, just little. Yeah, yeah. I animated. mean, just 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 random stuff like that. You could never do that before, you know. We yeah. went from like you know sixteen bit to like a whole three D world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was that was the first time I had um I had played that. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, yeah, so uh, my first one was the second one was on the demo disc. It was one of the stages of Twisted Metal 2, and you you could also pick all the characters, which is pretty cool. Yep. Um, and it had two-player, and I remember we would play that because we would trade off because I have two younger brothers, so we would basically do, you know, whoever wins 
would switch yep, off. We'll swap back in. Yeah. Yep. Although I did do the Big Brother tax a few times where it's like, yeah, I really don't care if you won. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh no. yeah, the pass the controller. Yeah. yeah. I did, uh, oh, we loved the, the second one was so good, though. I think the stage we the would. The second one is definitely more fleshed out than yeah. the first one. But we didn't get the full, like, a full game until the third one. That was the first, like, full Twisted Metal game we got. That was got. 989 Studios, I think, at that yeah, point. Yeah. It, it's definitely clunkier. It's still playable, for sure, but it's definitely slightly clunkier. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the, the, that demo of the second was so good. We yeah. always, I always picked the old lady just because I liked how ridiculous it was. I was like, get back here. I'm going to get you, boys. <laughs> I was like the guy, the guy with the wheels. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Oh, Twisted Metal 2. The Spoke. Mm-hmm. The Spoke guy. Yeah, it's just yeah. those huge monster truck wheels. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah exactly. He's just so. like, I need no armor. And, and I think, you know, Twisted Metal is a, a game that influenced a lot of, you know, games going forward. I mean, you look at. I mean, the big one for me that I look at is like Rocket League, you know, and like, mm. and like, I think Rocket League takes a ton of inspiration from Twisted Metal. Not that you're shooting people, but just in terms of an arena traversal, you know, with some kind of an objective. I think a lot of that comes from uh, Twisted Metal, um, you know, and what Twisted Metal did. But there's really nothing like Twisted Metal. I mean, you know, they've had trouble with more of the, the newer games that have come out in terms of gripping people because there's it just hasn't they haven't found that footing of that mean, community. I mean, well, yeah, you mean uh, newer games now you're talking about? Newer Twisted Metal games. Oh, because I was like, out. obviously, the one that came out right after was Vigilante 8. Vigilante um, 8 was, had a big following. It did. But, I mean, I had Vigilante 8 on the 64, and it was almost like identical to <laughs> Twisted Metal, but it didn't really have the characters or anything the extra stuff that we're yeah, talking about yeah it's like you're just in the fl- a car the flair yeah so you're just speak. in a car there wasn't really anything like interesting about the levels you know there was like one level it was like a bunch of barns or whatever you're just taking out they, people listen they, they made tee off golf for Dreamcast <laughs> and tee off golf was supposed to be hot shots golf and in every respect it is, except for the fact that it has no personality whatsoever. Right. And so nobody knows what the hell tee off golf is because of that. Because right? it's golf. Because it's well <laughs> golf without character is golf. Is golf. Exactly. <laughs> and golf is not fun. Well, video, go- video golf. Video golf is great because there's always character to it. Right. Like whether it's you know, Pebble Beach with oh, I forget the gentleman's name. Fred Couples? No, the the for the Saturn version, the older gentleman, the heavier set guy that comes in whenever oh, you. Oh oh oh, that's uh yeah, that's um that's uh um oh shoot, what the heck so is his like, name? That's a par four. Like yeah, he just yeah. comes in and he just like looks like the dude from this old house. Craig Stadler. Yeah, Craig Stadler. It's like oh, if you took Craig Stadler, the guy from this old house, and threw him on a golf game, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, yeah, finished this shelf earlier. Here, yeah. so but then hit you that get par. Like, hot shots golf, and you've got the caddy, and he's like, oh, what a fantastic blunder. Yeah, it's so <laughs> you know? good. It just adds that little bit of extra fun so it just it yeah. makes the simple mechanic that much more interesting. Talk about a game that originated on the PS1 and revolutionized gaming in terms of golf. I mean you look at Camel that was Camelot they now make the Mario Golf games mm-hmm. which are amazing so mm-hmm. we could go on and on um, You know, the only last thing I'm going to mention about Twisted Metal is that there is a Saturn like port for Twisted Metal it came out on the NVIDIA NV1, which was a graphics card that came out for Windows 95 computers. You can look this up, guys, and the character models 
look as if they were made on the Sega Saturn. So if that, you're just that's, pulling at strings to try to get it to come to the Saturn, I'm, I know. <laughs> you're like, would, any way I can Twisted somehow Metal, connect I, I it. I want to play a Saturn version of Twisted Metal. Do you? Though? That would be that would be the closest version. I say this <laughs> because I like to fantasize. It doesn't mm. actually mean that I would end up doing it. But if you want to check out an oddity, check out Twisted Metal on the NV1. It's a it was a Japan only release, and uh, it shows you what uh, Twisted Metal characters would be made with what it looked like being made with quads rather than polygons. So, and that's quads, as, huh? as, as we all know, Saturn uses quads. He basically uses two dimensional squares to make three D models, the same as the NV1. So. Um, just a little oddity if you guys do want to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, and you know the great thing is Twisted Metal is not too expensive. Yeah, how much like is a twenty? How much like is a twenty dollar game around there for the for the the jewel case? Oh yeah, I don't for the long one. box. I'm sure it's more. Not not too much, honestly. No, I think Twisted Metal ones like even in the long box at most twenty five thirty. Get out of here. No, <laughs> get out of here. No, two is only fifteen twenty. And then three and four, dirt cheap so, usually. So like eight those bucks, are reasonable bucks. games. If you guys like this type of a genre or you want to check this out, those are reasonable games that you can get for a retro console. If you want to play these games with with this market just kind of exploding, Ryan, you know that's a reasonable game to be able to pick up. If, mm-hmm. and, and and one of the true classics of of not only just the PlayStation but that entire generation. Mm. I mean that's kind of from like for me the PlayStation cuz I I didn't like when it came out I didn't really keep my I feel like I didn't keep my PlayStation too long. Mm. I feel like I only had it for Well 64 took over for Yeah, cuz I mean I was always a, a 64 head so like I would just keep getting games for that but I feel like I had the, it, the for me like the PlayStation kind of like came and went. I know it's still it's like one of the most popular systems. But for me, it kind of like came and went. So like when I think of, uh, I think of the PlayStation. There's only like, like three games I think of. It's like it's like Twisted Metal and Resident Evil are Bec- like because the two I think is, of. The this most, is the problem. You know? it, it it is hampered for us by its own success. We just talked about how the Evercade is a curated console where you're getting a specific lot of games, and those are the ones you have. The 64 and the Saturn. Very small libraries relative to the PlayStation. You, you you think of the PlayStation, it's like me thinking of PS2, like I was talking about on the last podcast. It's like name a PS2 game. I'm like GTA. You know, like it's it's you get per, you get paralyzed by the plethora yeah. of games that are there that you can't even think of anything right. Whereas you say 64, you can talk about the character action games or the Mario games, right? In Saturn, you're talking about Virtua Fighter, Daytona USA, Panzer Dragoon, right? Very specific, Burning Rangers, you know, Dragon Force. When it comes to the PlayStation, there are so many games, and there are so many great games, but because there are so many games, you lose a lot of that, mm. you know? And there's a lot of stuff that gets lost in the shuffle, which is great that we have you, Ryan, because you can kind of pick up the pieces for us on that in terms of yeah, what's great on the PS1. It all depends on, like, I mean, obviously because we were around then, but, it, it like, if you had friends that all had 64, then you were always playing 64. You so were, if you, you were, were playing Goldeneye and 1080 Snowball. Yeah, so, but, I mean, if you had, you know, everyone was, there was people that I knew were, like, they were, like, strictly PlayStation, but they just didn't happen to live near me, so I wasn't playing PlayStation right. with them all the time, you know? Right. And there were a lot of the games, some of the games that were, I mean, the wrestling games for us, like, back then were huge, and 64 had the best wrestling game, so we would always play right. the 64, ver- you know, 64 game. And especially the four-player, just having, nobody had a, a multi-tap back then. I never it saw was, one. <laughs> for any system. So, like, just having the four controllers on it is 
kind of what you know it just like because there'd always be the party multiple aspect. people around so we'd always you know want to do yeah. like four player games but that's 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 just my that's your experience, experience. so and, you know. ev- and everybody's got a different one just but like, like twisted uh, metal was the game that kind of cut through and that's one of the most memorable games for me yes. on the playstation yeah it's really special so um Ryan, any other PlayStation One games that we might we might want to be talking about on this podcast that you think would, would be? Would we haven't be, really be, done uh, good games to go for. Too many. Well, for, we did Resident Evil. We did Resident Evil, and I think that's it for the, the and, PlayStation and Road Rash. Um, the, modern, well, the more modern Road we Rash. We didn't, but we we only focused on the Genesis. We just mentioned like the the, the PlayStation version. I mean, the PlayStation version is basically just a more. 3DO. Yeah, 3DO-esque, but refined version of Road Rash 3, but with the CD soundtrack, it's not too much of a different game. I mean, for PlayStation, I mean, there's a few franchises that are pretty big. I would say Metal Gear Solid is probably one of them. Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. Ridge Racer's massive. Um, Yeah, I used to... We could definitely do a Ridge Racer episode. mm -hmm. That would probably be a good one, so... Yeah, well, um, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Ryan, for being here. We appreciate you. And hopefully you you'll come back me. for another episode if we do another uh, PS1 game or otherwise. Anytime. And we would love to have your input. Um, you and know, then oh, you also have a, a podcast. Yes. We, we found out midway through show. Yes. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about that so that the audience can know and, uh, yeah. and to check it out. Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, I actually just restarted a podcast just to kind of, co- you know, condense stuff down, but... Uh, it's called the Nutmeg Gaming Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. I just kind of talk every week. I usually find a, a you know specific subject. I try to keep it short, half hour episodes, and I just kind of give brief overviews of either games or consoles. All right. So Ryan, you were saying that your um, your latest episode was on the PlayStation. Yep. Uh, latest episode was on the PlayStation. It's just kind of a brief overview overview of the console, kind of its early development just really base information and then going into the launch and just some solid games I usually recommend to try if you're going to just kind of dip your feet into the system. Nice. Appreciate that. We'll be looking out for that. So, guys, uh, support Ryan and his channel. Check that out. There's some good content there you guys can soak up and uh, learning a little bit about about the PlayStation 1 and beyond. And, um, yeah, like I said, Ryan, we really appreciate you being here. Thank you all for being here. Retro Games Plus. Feel free to... uh, (laughs) The plus is customer satisfaction. We'll leave it right there. And uh, yeah, go go and support Retro Games Plus. Those guys are fantastic. Ryan's great, and and um, they really do a good job of trying to find what you guys are looking for, make deals with you, and uh, and get you the, the the classic game. Provide that classic uh, avenue to, to to experience a lot of these old games that maybe you either had or didn't have an opportunity to. Retro games um, generally will be able to, to fit the bill for you guys. So go and support them. They're in Newington. They're in Orange. They're in Norwalk. And if you're in California, if you're close to Huntington Beach, check out their store out there there as well. And tell them you heard of heard about heard about them on the Turbo Duocast, and they'll give you a solid handshake. That's right. No <laughs> no discount, but a solid handshake. Yeah. Nice nice manly shake. Yeah. Real, real strong and sturdy. If you guys are new to the show, uh, feel free to please give us a like, a subscribe, um, hit Ring the, the bell, bell so, so that you can some... you can get notifications when we are dropping new content. Um, remember that everything that's good comes from above. Be safe. Be happy, be healthy, and as always, keep it turbo. And be horny.